You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody fiesta? It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need the jello bunny pop if you got some of them little brandy out in a little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Yes! Yeah. Trail Show is back, baby. We're coming to you live from the Bobby Walters Studio in Arvada, Colorado's historic beer district. This is the Trail Show, and we are live at our newly expanded Jefferson County Telecasting Complex, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Bigfoot Telecasting Complex. Yeah, it's got a huge Bigfoot. It does. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over three quarters of a million times in 150 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, and at thetrailshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, she was taping a special across the hall in studio this month to help the Trail Show Nation stop eating garbage. We have friend of the Trail Show, PCT through hiker and nutrition coach, Katie Salty Gerber. Arriba, 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 tata! This Goal! Is- this is good because I've been doing the uh, the raccoon in base uh, uh, raccoon inspired uh, resupply and it's definitely trash. Is that like straight <laughs> yeah. from the dumpster? Yeah, like a oh, raccoon. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we look forward to talking trail food and a whole host of other items with you today. So Wonderful! I'm th- excited to be here. Thanks for being here. Excited oh. to be here in your own house. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm so comfortable. Yeah, that that's a new thing <laughs> that the trail show is doing. Like. We're just going, whoever we have on the show, we now, you have to let us in your house. That's kind of the new, and you have to provide beer and lodging and food. Small price to pay. Yeah, (laughs) come on. Okay, Beauty, what is on the Trail Show Buffet today? Lots, lots of uh, vegan options for our healthy eaters. Let's see, we're going to be talking to Wolverine here uh, pretty quickly about the Baja Divide Trail. We are going to have an audio clip from Moon Kid. And we've got our regular segments of uh, Ask a Hiker, uh, what else, Smell Bag, a media review. We're going to review smell some bag. What? Smell, smell Bag. That's a new smell segment. Bag. That's going to be tough on an audio format. Yeah. yeah. That's how smelly it is. Uh, we're going wow. to review a comic book, a graphic novel, if you will. Ooh. I will. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. We and we're still gonna do we're gonna do a gear review, people. So just hold on to your hats. Yeah, chill. And we've got a cooler full of beer. Yes, I, I know we normally talk about beer first, and we normally do trail news first. But this month we're going straight into our trail of the month interview with Wolverine. He is standing by live via satellite link from somewhere far from Colorado. Isn't he in Michigan? I think he is in Michigan. Yeah. We'll have to ask him. Uh, so calling Wolverine. We might even. Play a prank on him. Ooh. Let's get Magoo to talk to him. Calling Wolverine. Oh, I love this song. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, Wolverine. Whoa, How's it answer. going, man? Buenas tardes. Hey, I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Hey, it's Disco, P.O.D., Salty, Triple O, and Special from the Trail Show. How are you doing? Excellent. Glad you guys could be here. Oh, man, we're glad to have you back on. 
on the show. We really uh, enjoyed talking to you about the Israel National Trail many months ago, and you just finished up this mountain bike hike. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. Um, we'll actually let you describe it. But yeah, so we, you know, thanks so much for sending those updates over the last two, three plus months from the Baja Divide Trail. Sounds like it was a much different hiking experience for you uh, compared to the Israel National Trail. But for listeners that don't know anything about the BDT, let's just start with some nuts and bolts. Um, where is it? Where does it start? Where does it finish? Uh, length, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, this is a trail that was uh, mapped out in 2016 by a guy named Nicholas uh, Carmen. He's a, a bike packer. You know, he takes his mountain bike all over the world and uh, and rides these incredible distances. Um, and it's a similar aesthetic to long distance hiking, you know, just carrying what he needs and, and uh, really lightweight. And um, my friend Nightmare and I, when we were in Israel, were, you know, we were inspired by American hikers uh, doing different and exotic trails all over the world. And we were looking at the Baja Peninsula uh, in, in Mexico. And originally we thought about trying to do the whole perimeter of it. But oh. it, when I researched it further, I found out, number one, it had already been done. Um, and number two, it didn't look like a very pleasant hike. But I came across a website for this Baja Divide Trail, this uh, mountain bike trail. Yeah. And it was all mapped out. It had notes for the trail. It looked really intriguing. So I set my mind on it pretty much right away without really thinking about it, <laughs> by the way. I said, oh, i got to do this trail. That, that is a started. great way to make decisions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without researching first. Yeah, just and, dive in. Uh, yeah, I, so um, you know, my friends Neon and Anu were doing it on their mountain bikes. And uh, I started asking them questions. You know, I, I told them I, I read on the website there are some long stretches without water. And where exactly are those stretches? And Ian was like, dude, read the notes. The whole trail is like that. It's not like one area. It's, it's not designed for hiking. It's these long, super long stretches. You'll never be able to carry enough water. And I thought, well, maybe I could, you know, in Israel, we, we had water cached for us uh, along the way. But there's, it would be impossible. It would be almost the whole trail. It's uh, 1,700 miles long. Uh, it starts in, uh, at the airport in San Diego, California. And then uh, you cross over into Mexico at Tecate. And uh, the trail basically bounces from one coast to the other, from the Pacific coast to uh, Alemar de Cortez, and then it goes all the way down to Los Cabos. Um, so for me, that's about three and a half months worth of hiking. And uh, the only solution I could come up with for the waterless stretches was uh, pushing a cart that I could strap jugs of water to and uh, wound up you know, really putting all my eggs in that one basket. And I really only got to see that cart like about a day before I started the hike, so... There were just tons of variables and things I wasn't sure about on this hike, but uh, it all worked out. All right, all right. Talk to us about that cart for a minute. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm curious because, I, you know, I've seen, I think we've even posted or reposted some photos of that cart. But, you know, when um, George Megan walked from the bottom of South America to the top of North America, he too had a cart. But it was one that he pulled behind him. And I noticed right. you went you went opposite. You had a cart you pushed in front of you. Talk to us about, like, how did you decide on, on you know, would the cart be in front or behind? And then, like, how, how like, I don't know anything about carts. Like, how do you figure <laughs> out what kind of cart you need for a 1,700-mile hike? Like, talk, I didn't know walk either. us through yeah, it. I didn't, I didn't know either, and I didn't really have anyone to ask. So I started looking at Amazon, and I was looking at, like, like a shopping cart uh, that you would take, and I was going to modify it with, like, mountain bike tires. Oh and I thought God. I could do that, but I thought that might be too hard to, to push. Um, and I looked at some carts that you pull, but uh, I couldn't figure out a good way to like connect them to my pack or to my waist. 
Um, and then uh, I saw a picture uh, of a guy doing a desert trail, and he had this one-wheeled cart that was uh, essentially like a one-wheeled mountain bike, and it looked really nimble. You know, I could tell by the way he was holding the ham- handlebars. Uh, you could probably push it up and over rocks. And it, just looking at it, I thought, well, maybe I can pull it too, which turned out not to be the case. It's a really cool <laughs> wheelbarrow Well, where it takes both hands. I couldn't even let off one hand, really, even for, for more than a second. It takes both hands and some careful balance, and you uh, you have to push it. I mean, there were times with bigger rocks where I would turn around and walk backward and pull it, you know, kind of pull it up. But so it really was designed to be pushed forward. It you, even had a, a disc brake so that if I was going steep downhill, I could oh. apply the brake and keep it from breaking away. Did you would you use the same one again or would you use something else? Would you get like an old baby stroller or something like that? <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> and second of all, <laughs> um, I, I I would probably go with the same product, but instead of strapping multiple jugs of water, I would try and use just like maybe two big sturdy containers of some sort, you know, almost like picture like two big coolers, one on either side. Um, something that maybe had, you know, you could fill at the top and a drain at the bottom. Um, because those the jugs that I was using, they kept breaking. They only lasted like 100 miles. And the mm. handles would break off. Or they would get holes in them. So I was constantly replacing them. I see. Oh, my gosh, man. I read ahead. I actually know that you got rid of the cart at some point during the hike. So what happened with that? I mean, how how much of the hike did you have the cart with you? And then why did you st- decide to sell it? Yeah, I really only got rid of it uh, toward the very end. You know, initially I was hoping it just to use it for the beginning of the hike and try to get through these long waterless stretches. But as Neon pointed out, it's really most of the trails like that. So it wasn't until I, like four-fifths of the way where I was reading the notes and I saw all the water carries were, you know, 20 to 30 miles, nothing too long. And I was like, ooh, I can do that. Time to get rid of this thing. So um, I chucked it over a bridge. But I didn't leave it there because you can't leave a trace. Um, so I took it into a little town and uh, I put up a sign, Sivende, and uh, I ended up selling it um, for a small fraction of what I paid for it. <laughs> but yeah, I just was really uh, thrilled to get rid of it at that point. What do you, what do you think the next person was going to be doing with that cart? Uh, I don't know. It was like a Segunda. It's like a secondhand store, and uh, it's really the only guy who spoke English. I mean, a couple of people were interested, but I couldn't really answer their questions about it. Uh, one guy spoke English, and he bought it. Like I said, he owned a secondhand store, and the very next day, it was gone from his store. So I don't oh, know. Yeah, I don't totally. know what he used it for. Hmm. Anything wow. with wheels like that, super, super handy, and like farms yeah. and stuff. I was about to say, like wheelbarrow yeah. type applications. Totally, I can see that getting snatched up. Did Did you yeah. ever name it? Oh yeah, of course it was named uh, El Fuego because I hated that thing with the burning passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It wasn't my style of hiking. I like to use trekking poles, you know, and you know, use my arms a lot. And in this, I was, you know, my arms were locked forward. I, uh, you know, I had to carry all the extra stuff, like a, a chain and a, a pump and an inner tube and a patch kit. Oh, my you know, God. It was like did did your arms get super bike. buff? Yeah, I bet you were so strong. Are your forearms just, like, totally <laughs> ripped now? I got toned. <laughs> that way. Yeah. But, my arms toned up because it was, you know, there was some uh, breaking in period there where my uh, lats and my neck were real sore the first couple of days. Huh. Uh, I bet. Do you recall what the most amount of water you put in the cart was? Like how many <laughs> gallons or how much weight do you recall? Yeah, I went by liters. And at one point, um, I strapped about 35. Well, I carried about 35 liters total. I had about 30 liters strapped to the cart and about five more liters uh, in and on my pack. So oh, that's about 75 man. pounds of water. 
Oh. Did, did you just have to like stop every so often just to let your hands rest? Because I mean, like, I can't imagine with that much weight it being easy to, to just push your cart around. You know, if, if I tilted it forward a little bit and kind of balanced it on the, uh, on the fulcrum, on the axle, it wasn't that hard to, to push forward, even with that much weight. Uh, the problem is with it tilted forward, if I wasn't careful and hit a rock, the whole thing would just fall forward and scatter water jugs everywhere. And then it was a few minutes cleaning it up and repacking it. That sounds so oh. fun. All right, so now, <laughs> so now, on one of your updates, you mentioned uh, getting in this weird predicament where you had to drink some water that tasted like gasoline. So, if you if you had, uh, you know, if you're carrying seventy five pounds of water, how did you end up in this predicament where you had to drink this sketchy water? By being um, over assured and not planning carefully. Um, okay. I had made a few of the, the long stretches uh, and was kind of overconfident. And I was leaving a small town and I glanced at the map and, you know, it seemed like mileage wise it was going to be a six day uh, stretch to the next little town with water probably halfway in between. So I loaded up like three days worth of water and then left out of town and looking at it a little closely, it was more like a seven day stretch with probably four days uh, to the first water. Uh. And it wound up being a lot uh, warmer. I hit like a really... A uh, warm stretch of weather, and um, the terrain was tough. And then, as I mentioned in one of my updates, I got a hole in the bottom of one of the water jugs, and uh, I lost like four liters of water dripped out. So oh. I was really in a in a spot. And uh, it was some some passersby, some Americans actually, in a big pickup truck that uh, uh, offered me some spare water. And once I got some some more water in me and calmed down a little bit, I looked at the map and I found another little town that was like nine miles off trail, and I was able to make it to there. But that's where the sketchy gasoline water was. And mm. I really, I was off trail and I was trying to get back to the trail. It wasn't a stop I had planned on. So I just loaded up and I booked it out of there. And it wasn't until I was like five miles outside of town that I tasted that water. It was more so the smell of it than the taste, but really heavy uh, odor of, of uh, gasoline. And by that point, I was already out of the town. There was no other, no other choice and no other water for miles and miles around. Did you try to light it? <laughs> No, I didn't, uh, for fear of burning up my water supply. That sounds yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any, like, um, ill effects from that? Like, you know, any stomach No, uh, I just, I fully anticipated. I thought, I'm, and this is going to do me in. I, I'm, I'm going to be sick for sure, but I just uh, lucked out. It wasn't pleasant, you know. Like I said, it smelled like gasoline. And, you know, the problem with it being that hot out in the desert um, is any water that's not buried deep in your pack just gets like hot, you know, mm-hmm. by two in the afternoon. And it's just really difficult to tug that down, and it's certainly not very refreshing. But you know, you you do because you have to. So in the three and a half months you were out there, did you see anyone else out there hiking? Um, no, I saw uh, lot not lots, but several mountain bikers. Okay. Uh, they t- they tend to do it in groups, and they tend to do it uh, in the fall. Um, but you know, a few guys doing sections here and there. Um, so some guys riding the whole thing. I saw lots of, uh, what they call uh side by side, like a dune buggy. Those, those are the guys doing the Baja 1000. You know, they oh, race yeah. through the desert. Those crazy oh, cars. okay. Uh, yeah. Lots of those, um, lots of dirt bikes. Um, but no other hikers. So they probably all thought you were completely out of your mind. Yes. They called me uh Chico Loco or Pan Blanco Loco. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh man! Pan blanco loco, white bread loco, loco? crazy white yeah. bread. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! I like that. <laughs> now I'm curious. You mentioned 
most of those folks or the bikers do it in the fall, do you think your experience would have been a little better if you had hiked it in a different season, like maybe winter? Mm, ideally, I would have left a little bit early. You know, I started uh, toward the end of February. Okay. And I, I would have liked to have started earlier, but I just, you know, money-wise, I had to stay in work until I had enough cash to do it. Um, Neon and Automove started uh, in November, and that was probably probably the, the ideal time. Yeah. Sounds like it. Did you uh, did you pick up any Espanol along the way? Paquito, yeah. I, you know, I lived in the state of Washington for like five years, and, and my Spanish was pretty good when I lived there, um, but I'd forgotten much of it. So, you know, I did the kind of obligatory uh, Spanish podcast, you know, about a month before I took off, and I had this uh, silly laminated card that had popular Spanish fr- phrases on either side. So yeah. it was enough to get through and to get me, you know, get directions or get what I needed, but it's not, it wasn't conversational Spanish. And that, that hurt me a few times. There were people that I met that I really would have liked to have known more about, but I couldn't yeah. ask them. POD, do you want to chime in there? I mean, I think it's great that you tried to prepare yourself in some way before going. I think as travels, you know, treks and adventures in South America become more popular within the long distance hiking community, I would recommend for people if you're going to if you're considering something like that off in the future to, to invest in learning some Spanish and learning Spanish, learning any language takes time. A month of podcasts is not going to help you be able to like actually interact on a more personal level. Um, I, I would say that you probably need at least a year of classes before you, you think you're going to show up and be like, I can actually talk to this person on some level. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's great that you tried to do something, though, before you left. I mean, you know, some people don't even do that. But there is something to be said for hiking through different countries and, you know, you know, like I think that was part of Buck 30 and Skittles experience. Yeah, you know, they didn't speak any Spanish. And so the few interactions they did have were so limited. And, and it can make such a big difference on your level of experience with you know, the terrain and the people and yeah. I don't know, it's I just think nicer. for most people when they when they go out and do a long trail, you think about the mountains and the trees uh-huh. or whatever, but when you come back it's the stories about like so and so that you met or ran into or you know, yeah, it's all it's totally. all the people elements that end up kind of being more memorable in many ways. Hey, I, I gotta ask you this question and I think I asked you a similar question about your hike in Israel. There's a lot of uh, people here north of the border that uh, are a little nervous or downright scared about going to Mexico. Did you have any, uh, well, I should ask you, like, before you left, did you have any apprehension? And then you were there three and a half months. Did you have any sketchy situations or anything that happened that was not desirable? I don't I don't know. You know what I'm no. getting at. Yeah, you know what? Uh, absolutely not. Everyone I met was really cool. I had very positive experiences. I was a little apprehensive myself. Um, there were some warnings on the website about people that had trouble in uh, Tecate, um, and Neon and Move had a, had an incident, um, so I was kind of nervous going through there, but uh, it turned out to be, you know, uh, worrying for nothing, because everyone I met was really cool, uh, super helpful, um, you know, uh, ready to offer help, uh, easy to hitch in and out of town, stuff like that, so yeah, I really, really had a good experience. I, more than, you know, me doing the hike was all my friends and family who were like, oh, you're going to get, you know, yeah. in trouble and get hurt. Something bad's going to happen to you. And and uh, it didn't. You know, I, I always say treat other people the way you'd like to be treated. And it's worked so far. Right on. And how did you get back? Did you take a flight or a bus or what? How did you get back to yeah, the U.S.? I flew, I flew home from uh, San Jose del Cabo. 
So um, okay. that worked out really well. Uh, a dear uh, friend of mine, a friend since forever, uh, told me about halfway through the hike that he wanted to meet me in Cabo San Lucas. And he was going to bring his family down there and get a nice room at a resort and uh, help me celebrate in style. And uh, he sure kept his word. I, I finished up at this really beautiful resort and hung out with him for a couple of days, just like eating and drinking. And it was great. It was really nice. And then uh, took nice a shuttle from there to San Francisco Cabo and flew home. That's cool. At least uh, you had a, a, a nice end to the hike. <laughs> did, you, did you have any so tequila? Yeah. What's that? Did you have any tequila? I did. I also tried mezcal for the first time, Ooh, uh, which uh, I really nice. So, what kind yeah, of tequila did you have? Do you remember? What kind of what? Tequila. Uh, I don't. It was uh, at this beautiful hotel, and it was something um, distilled and bottled just for that hotel. Oh, okay. Ooh, huh. So, yeah, it was That's really, cool. really special stuff, and it was really nice. But I should add, too, showing up at that uh, five, five-star resort after three and a half months in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't look. They When I got to the security gate, as soon as I started walking up, the guy was shaking his head like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> wow. And I was like, wait. I'm a guest here. I am. And uh, he had me stand off to the side for a little bit. Um, and then he finally turned and was like, okay, what's your story? And uh, my friend had, you know, put me on the list and everything. And, and uh, they knew about me registration. But, yeah, it was a little uh, rough. Maybe not for me, but for all the people in the lobby, all the beautiful people in the lobby area that were all uh, clean showered and, uh, and dressed to the nines to have uh, some smelly hiker trash come in. I, I totally feel you on that one when I was in the middle of the 14ers. Uh, through hike, I I stopped in Aspen and hit up a a hotel that I used to work at and had, oh. a, had a really nice meal and like it was it was pretty cool. There was <laughs> I was on the patio, so it was a little bit better for everybody. But you know, I should say too, if you remember uh, when we talked about the Israel National Trail, that was a real issue for me over there. They're super meticulous, and people that through hike that trail even get off the trail once every couple three days and get a shower one way or another, and. I don't. <laughs> it turned out to be, you know, there are a couple situations where uh, I was I was embarrassed. Um, not so much in Mexico because there's a lot of outdoor seating, and especially on the coast, a lot of people, you know, have been working or they've been on the fishing boats all day, so uh, it didn't seem like it was that big of an issue. So I got to um, ask you a little bit about food. Uh, did oh, did you did you take, you know, get some of that seafood? Uh, so good. Did, did you so have any good. that like you took with you, uh, like you know? Uh, Cured, no. cured fish or anything? No. So what it wound up was uh, basically food in the little towns, especially in the coast, was outstanding. I mean, tacos de pescado and, and uh, ceviche and oh, just all man. kinds of fantastic food. But food to buy to carry with me on the trail, really limited selection. Just, yeah. you know, as an American hiker, you know, I like minute rice and ramen noodles and beef jerky and protein bars. Really, it came down to just like bags of white rice. Everything else was either in a can or it was like wet and heavy. Yeah. So I was just carrying, carrying and eating tons and tons of white rice with hot sauce splashed on it. So I imagine when you got to towns and, and you could actually have some good fresh food that oh, was delicious, was, that must have been yeah. heavy. Yeah, really enjoyable. Yeah, whatever they pulled out of the, uh, out of the ocean that morning, that's what uh, winds up on your plate. And some of it's really fantastic. We're totally jumping all over the board here, but... Um, this hike definitely sounded like it was a bit more taxing. Um, and I'm just curious, like at any point or points, did you consider like really quitting getting off, off the hike and going home? Yeah, several times. This was clearly a case of uh, biting off more than I could chew. You know, I, I got excited about this trail and started shooting my mouth off that I was going to do it before I really looked into it. 
And there were several times where I just plopped down in the sand, sweaty and smelly and and uh, upset with myself for even going out there and wondering what the heck the point was. And, uh, you know, that little voice inside your head starts scheming. When you get to the next town, you could take a bus to a bigger town and go home, you know. Yeah. But uh, really tons of encouragement from friends and family. Um, and, you know, there are tough times when you're out there. But as soon as you get to the next little town and it's a little cooler because it's on the ocean and you get a good meal, you know, attitude improves and you keep on going. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a half day, a full day, or, or a couple of days off, and, and right. a shower or some food. Like I, I almost quit the Appalachian Trail in Connecticut, and what I really just needed was two days off. So that's right. what I did, and I spent most of those two days in a swimming pool, which also helped. But uh, yeah, when I got back on the trail, I was trying to remember what I was so bent out of shape about. That the almost trouble. forced me to quit the trail. You know, it's like right. Sometimes the trouble just... with this with this hike is, you know, say I, I have enough water, um, you know, for, for a six-day stretch. Well, that means I have to keep going. I got to do at least a 20 for six days. I can't take a break. And yeah. that wound up really, you know, like you said, on the AT or a different hike, if you're having a bad day, you can just take a zero or a Nero and just take it easy. But certain stretches of this, of this trail, I just had to keep going. I didn't have a choice to, you know, to, to burn a day or take a zero. What about the terrain? Was it pretty at least? I mean, what kind of were you walking through mountains? Was a lot along the beach, coast, cliffs? I yeah, mean, uh, the northern part of the of the peninsula is really beautiful with sort of uh, you know mixed uh, coniferous and deciduous trees. Um, but about the southern two thirds of the whole thing, really the middle is desert, just rolling brown hills and cactus and a two track as far as the eye can see. Uh, and then the coasts are really cool, you know, like the Pacific coast. You have the big crashing waves and dramatic coastlines and, you know, nice cool breezes. Uh, on the El Mar de Cortez side was, you know, a little warmer, kind of smaller waves, but uh, still beautiful beaches and really nice. So I really enjoyed the coasts. But every time I saw that the trail was going to take me inland or across the peninsula, my heart sank a little bit. because so I was like, oh, no, here comes more just rolling brown hills for, for the next few days. Uh, do you have any more adventures planned coming up? Always, always good stuff coming up. Um, uh, this November and December, I'm going to try to uh, hike the uh, the Bruce Trail up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, the, Bruce yeah the, the Bruce Trail? Peninsula. What's that? The Bruce Trail? Yeah. It's, uh, the Bruce so Peninsula. Random. It sticks up and it divides uh, Lake Huron from the Georgian Bay. And oh, cool. uh, it's 525 miles. It starts on the uh, Canadian side of Niagara Falls and goes up to the very tip of that little peninsula. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, right on. It's pretty lake. Yeah. yeah. I feel I'm like excited. I feel like I've heard of the Bruce Trail, but just peripheral peripherally. Yeah. I just heard of some people doing some day hikes up there and uh kind of got interested and did a little research and I'm gonna try and do this one. Uh I'm gonna try hammock hiking. I'm gonna carry a hammock instead of a tent. Oh and, uh, hopefully the dark improve side. that. Yeah, yeah, I I'm into it, man. I'm in deep. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I'm, I've been working with uh, Dutch from Dutchware, okay. and uh, really interesting guy. I'm learning tons from him, and he's putting together a special setup for me that will hopefully uh, keep me warm, uh, even in Canada, even in December. Really lightweight stuff, and wow, you know, I'm on the forums and uh, listen to the podcast, and I got the the book, uh, The Ultimate Hang, from Derek Hansen, and uh, I'm I'm in deep, man. Well, nice. dude, would you, you got to keep us posted, man. We would love to get some updates from the Bruce Trail. The the sure, only sure. problem with hammock camping, though, is there's no tent stakes involved there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that, that's a good thing, though, man, right? 
Uh, you can stake out the fly. Uh, yeah. I got a tarp. There's a tarp that goes over it, and I'm gonna have to have. Uh, I'm gonna have to get creative with tent stakes for that. Okay. Uh, well, Delo has a whole quiver of these tent stakes called ground hawk, ground claws. But claw. And they're they're a foot long each. They weigh about a lot. They weigh like I don't know four ounces each or more. And if you four. stick them, if you like fist ball your hands and then stick the yeah. tent stakes through the the between your fingers part, it will actually make you look like the Wolverine, the character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bonus! That'd be so cool. Lamb chops and use the tent stakes and look like the character. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, uh, so, is there anything else about the Baja Divide Trail you want to get out there before we move along? Uh, just uh, my gratitude for you know everyone who encouraged me and helped me uh, along the way. You know, I carried this uh, quilt the whole way. Uh, it was very comfortable through a wide uh, variety of temperatures. Really solid gear. I used it every night for three and a half months, and it was made by uh, Underground Quilt here in Michigan. And I'm grateful to them uh, for their help. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, like I said before, fun to look back on. wasn't so fun when I was halfway through it, but it's it's fun to look back on. That's what we call type two fun, right there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Well, Wolverine, thank you so much for talking to us tonight. Muchísimas gracias. Your hike, we really appreciate it, and keep us posted on the Bruce. Yeah, uh, no problem. I'd be glad to. Let me sneak in a couple more plugs. Yeah, uh, please go ahead. Dutch from DutchWearGear.com is really. If you want to check out some innovative hammock gear. Check out DutchWearGear.com. Uh, my friends at MooseShaw.com, of course, are always supportive. Um, and a company I've worked with before, a great Michigan company called Stormy Cromer. Um, they make sort of an iconic Michigan like winter cap. Uh, they're in the Upper Peninsula in Ironwood. And now they have a whole line of like outdoor wear and gear. And I hope folks will check them out at StormyCromer.com. What, what is it? Stormy what? Stormy Cromer. It's S T O R. M Y K R O M E R Stormy Cromer. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Any relation to the other Stormy that's in the news these days? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a delicious cocktail. Uh, It does. The the Stormy Stormy Cromer. I like it. Bartender, I'll have a Stormy Cromer. All right, Wolverine. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with us, man. Have a good evening. No problem. Thank you guys for your time. Thanks. Adios. So uh, salty. What do you think the? Uh, do you there think he goes. Gasoline water is going to be the new uh, nutrition trend. It's the new gasoline outfit. water and white rice. No, I don't know about the gasoline water, but the white rice. I mean, that's probably better than a lot of what we're eating with the processed that's true. foods. That's true. White rice and hot sauce. There you go. <laughs> the new trail diet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, All right. Um, let's see where we are. L- let's talk about the beer. And okay. Then, then we'll take a break and we'll come back with trail news. So we have got beer from two different people. Uh, one was Rand Snyder, who big ups sent us mostly beer from Idaho. I think. Have yeah, you inspected? It's, yeah, it's it's. I think all from Idaho except for two. The founders are, is that um, from him? It's I, unclear I, how those got in the cooler. We have a mix, so yeah. so we're not exactly sure. But Rand sent us an incredible selection. He's a longtime listener. Uh, he spends his summers up in Idaho, um, walking Biden in buyers, the right? footsteps of the old Clay Jacobson. Yeah, so he uh, sent us just an insane amount of beer. Thank you so much. It, it was yeah, a thanks, huge Rand. box, and I have to say, I you know, I I don't get shipped the beer all the time, but occasionally I, I've had to receive a box, and it's always nice. This was the most well packaged box I've received by wow. far. Every single can was like in its own individual bag. Everything was like perfectly placed. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, 
as a guy who likes things at right angles, I was I was impressed. Yeah, <laughs> and then then special unpacked and took the photo as we do. Yeah, and it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. like a huge spread. Yes. I I totally snagged a few of them and and had to sample them. Pre, yeah. Pre-show. Oh, some of the repeats. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It might have actually been the biggest beer spread we've ever received. It was huge. In the I, show's history. I don't know how much time he spent putting it together, but I swear yeah. it took me like a solid 30 minutes just to pull all the beer out <laughs> and take it out of the packages yeah. and line it up. Yeah, right It's kind of fun. It's like Christmas. Oh, totally. The gauntlet is thrown. Yeah, I know, right? That's right. Well, I would say the other biggest selection of beer that we ever received was from Clay and Ben yeah. when they drove out. Yeah, it's that attitude. It's the attitude, it's, it man. Is. Bring your own tude. You yeah. got to bring your own tude. BYOT. Um, and then also Salsa and Turbo Snail. Salsa is at Stories Told on Film on the Insties. He has a very interesting Instagram feed. Uh, those guys came out and did the Collegiate Loop uh, from Oklahoma. They came out here and did that, and they met you, right? And yeah, so I, uh, I went over. Goodies. I think they were getting ready to, to go, and they were you know, spending a couple of days here, and they, they had um, a bunch of beer and some delicious coffee, which I brought. Some of that. So oh, tomorrow yes. Mo- okay. Tomorrow morning, oh, we're cool. going to have to sample some of that. I had to stop myself. I was drinking it like every day for a week. And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> Save hold, a few for the Hold back. Morning. You know, POD is going to slaughter me if I, if I don't right. drink some. And out of yeah. order. He's been asking a lot uh, about the coffee. coffee. I love yeah. coffee. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm right. Cuban. I mean, it's like <laughs> DNA or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thank, we're going to be getting into those. We'll let you know. So far, we've gotten into the grapefruit goes. The Goza, which is really good. It was really good. And unfortunately, it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. Already. So it's time to get a few more jars of beer going. Anyway, so those are our beer sponsors. We'll be checking in on those. So we got to take a break now. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we've got Trail News with Special 41. Oh. said walking off the trail is like a box of chocolates because you never know where people gonna excrement Forrest don't listen to the trail show wow Forrest Gump ladies and <laughs> gentlemen that's a first <laughs> did, triple did, O you're over there snickering well, I, I didn't know he was gonna talk about excrement I wasn't expecting that yeah the, that was a sharp turn yeah <laughs> uh, unexpected I, for sure I had my first experience of finding fossilized poop under a rock this year it was pretty gross fossilized oh well, you know it was during one of our trail segments we were trying to build some sort of water feature to help drain the trail and i was like oh this is a good one it's so big and i lifted it up and there was Ooh. like poop and toilet paper like you know yeah. stuck to it there was a trace there was a trace <laughs> a conspicuous yeah With all the news that's fit to be heard, Special 41, take it away. All right. So uh, we've got several items. I'm going to blast through a few of them pretty quickly here. Uh, so there's a California. There's a wildfire um, supposedly set by somebody. Uh, like Witnesses saw this guy lighting a few fires shortly what? afterwards. 
um, there was a pretty large fire going on, and they had to evacuate like a bunch of people um, mm. right in I- Idlewild area. Oh, so it looks yeah. like the the fires are are sort of um, yeah, just like r- right between Idlewild and and like San Jacinto Peak area from the map. It's very weird. Yeah, and mm. so and it's it was just uh, it was pretty recent. Um, I think this was dated like the 29th, pretty great or 26th. Sorry. All right. So uh, next up, we have uh, deputies in the Mount Jefferson Wilderness had to rescue a hiker from Texas. Of uh, course. Yeah. So I I always I always think it's uh, entertaining when I see the rescue stories of of people in there from Texas. Uh, they did not list this person's name, so this guy at least had the sense to you know not not talk about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, out of the Mount Jefferson Wilderness, apparently uh, he called in. He had been vomiting. He was on the second day of his trip. Uh, it was supposed to be a 10-day trip and uh, started vomiting uncontrollably and having some other symptoms. Some rescuers went to go and meet him, and then uh, they're like, he, his condition deteriorated, so they, they called in air support and pulled him out. You know, anybody who's, like, sick uh, internally like that, I, I thought maybe he was lost and had done something. No, it wasn't, it, it wasn't one of those, okay. like, come on, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, honestly, Poor guy. I, I, I see this this debate erupt all the time on, you know, social media or on, on in articles and stuff. Like, oh, should we start charging people for search and rescue? And and yeah. I, I'm I'm always pretty firmly on the side of if you think that you're in trouble and you've got the ability to call for help, y- you should do that. That's yeah. the responsible yeah. thing yeah. to do. Like the whole like hesitate, like oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like I can stop vomiting, or like my ne- my leg's not that broken. I can tough it out. Like, yeah, no, not like, that broken. Know, yeah, I mean, like if you're if you're in the wilderness and or yeah. or you're if you're anywhere and and you are in a medical situation. I, I think there's absolutely no shame in calling for help, and I don't think that it helps for people to to bash on people and be like, "Oh yeah, we need to we need to charge them those idiots every time they yeah. go out there and like they get in trouble." Like, yeah, go, don't go out and be an idiot, but at the same time, like if if you find yourself in a situation, don't hesitate to call if you've got the ability. They'd yeah. much rather come out and pick you up alive. Yeah, that's a good point. On to happier stuff. Um, yes. The uh, the Big Lake Youth Camp, or I'm sorry, is it the Big Youth Lake? No, camp? no, 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 Youth no, Lake Big Camp. The Big Lake Youth Camp. Yeah. Uh, so the Big Lake Youth Camp, uh, a popular stop for many APCT oh, yeah. hiker, yeah. has yeah. added like uh, this building um, with like shower and laundry facilities and stuff, um, and it's like a dedicated PCT welcome center. Incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, has everybody been been there? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. super friendly when I went there. Good and food. The food. Yeah. Yeah. The food. Oh my god, was yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. And for like five bucks or something. Yeah. And good. they let you go to the front of the line mm-hmm. in front so, of all the junior high kids. So pretty cool that they've actually like you know gone up another level beyond the awesomeness that they were already doing to having like a dedicated PCT welcome center and yeah, it's pretty nice. You know, Wi-Fi and and like pretty much everything that you would want from. From your town stop, yeah. yeah. So. PCT nice. hikers are getting so soft now. I know. Yeah, back when <laughs> we back did when it. I did it, <laughs> it was way. You had to build the trail as you go. It was yeah. actually seriously. It was uphill the entire way to Canada. Yeah, <laughs> there was not a single stretch of downhill. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, so uh, NPR had a little story about uh, a guide to uh, mosquito repellents. Oh yes. 
And anybody who has hiked with me can attest that I am hilarious when there's mosquitoes around because they drive me absolutely insane, and mm. I, I go a little bit batty. Uh, so I was interested to see this. Um, no one will be surprised. Deep, you know, pretty much took the cake. Uh, they they found that uh, after like a few hours after application, uh, it was the one that still had the the strongest uh, repellent effect. Yeah, but, but wasn't the lemon eucalyptus like right y- up there? Th- yep. Yeah. So yeah, the lemon eucalyptus, the cutter specifically, uh, was was just behind the uh, the deep woods off. Yeah. Twenty five percent deep. I think that's the bigger story. Is that the lemon eucalyptus was almost as good as the DEET. Well, and also what I yeah. thought was interesting was the, uh, so that Repel 100%, it's like actually 98% DEET or whatever. I've used that a lot and, and I've thought, oh, okay, yeah, 100%, let's do this. Yeah. You know, like, come at me, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it actually was like a 10%, um, you know, that we're still attracted to the person after four hours versus 6%. Um, hmm. Uh, so like six percent of mosquitoes, you know, would right. were like screw this deet, you know, I'm going yeah. for it. But for the the hundred percent versus like that, you know, the twenty five percent stuff, it, it was actually not as effective. Other uh, things that they put on there were uh, I thought this was funny. Victoria's Secret bombshell, yeah, seventeen yes. percent effective. What is that? Uh, yep. I presume it's like some sort of Scent? perfume or maybe like one of those. Fresh like spray body things, sprays. yeah, something like that. Gross. Um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't repel mosquitoes, but will repel humans. Yeah, I mean, Ugh, I, I don't know. Disgusting. Maybe it smells good, but doubtful. Yeah, unlikely. Pretty much um, all perfumes are disgusting. W- one thing that uh, I didn't see on here, and like I presume because it's so shitty that it just didn't make the list, uh, was uh, was citronella. Oh. Yeah, I've I've yeah. read some things that. Citronella not very effective. Well, I have seen some things and felt some things, and <laughs> citronella is not. I have literally sat there with a full citronella candle burning between my feet as I sat on a chair and watched mosquitoes fly through citronella smoke and soot, yeah. only to land on my leg and attempt to bite. Maybe you have. It's so. so sweet. Yeah, maybe it's your blood type. Maybe or it's something. all that. That is definitely true. I am yeah. it, like, if if mosquitoes are around, I will be the first person to be able okay. to tell you that. Maybe it's all but like weed. Uh, I think it's just because I eat delicious food and, yeah, and, and I'm huh. delicious too. Yeah. yeah, could be. I mean, or I, I've actually heard it's a blood type thing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's it. Hmm. Or just unlucky. No, I'm pretty lucky. Okay. Maybe. Then it's a blood type. Maybe thing. I'm unlucky with mosquitoes, but then, you know, with everything else, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go, I'll go with that. Right on. In any case, let's kill all mosquitoes. Uh, scientists, please get working on that. Here, uh, some local news. Uh, they arrested three people for the High Chateau fire because oh, they had, yeah. yes, an unattended campfire. Um, and this is here in Colorado, but you know, there, oh, and there's been there's been a few other it's fires. It's been all over the country, <coughs> all yeah. over the west. There's an epidemic of unattended campfires that are going on across campfire rings in this great country of ours. And wh- it's not that difficult. You put the damn thing out after you're done. Well, okay. I, the other weird thing to me is that, like, all camping experiences have to include a campfire. Yeah, How many exactly. people have you heard in the last three weeks say, well, we were going to go camping, but now oh, you can't have campfires? Like, you know, what? Yeah, so you, what? Yeah, so I mean, big deal. Else. Like, look at the stars. Play some cards. Like, put a headlamp against a bucket of water or exactly. whatever. Like, do, do other things, you know? Study for like, the bar. Get a glow-in-the-dark <laughs> Frisbee. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's so strange <laughs> do, do to me. Do what you got to do. Like, really, you're not going to go enjoy the outdoors because you can't have a campfire? Yeah. So send okay. all of your suggestions for alternatives to the campfire. To D-Lo uh, to at thetrailshow.com. Yeah. Yes. Please yeah. do that. Okay. No, you can I copy mean, me in because I like that. I, I think that, yeah. you know, it's a little ridiculous that, that, that having to have a campfire is so tied up in yeah, people's outdoor yeah. experience. It's just not that important. But what but about firing incendiary tracer rounds? Yeah, so I so think I was, that is a very I, key I was I was going to mention this too. So yeah. in Colorado, there's been a, a few fires, and and yeah. So out of order. You want to you want to actually talk about that? For oh, a second? I just it was another fire that was started by I think a couple that were firing incendiary yep. tracer rounds. Yeah, yeah um, and they were doing so a during a fire ban. And that fire yeah. smoked out Salida, by God. That, and well, that was the one that... Uh, it was in Pickin County. That was the one that, that pretty much came right up to the edge of the town of Basalt. Yeah, it's the Lake Christine fire. Yeah. I, I had a few friends that uh, were on the verge of being evacuated. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. So they did a h- amazing job fighting that. Like yeah. they, the number of structures that they did not lose and the number of people that did not get injured or die out there was, yeah. it was pretty impressive because that was a scary looking fire Yeah, and real close. Okay. And, uh, the last one. Um, so disco actually sent this to me a few days ago and I couldn't get the, the video to load. Um, the video, the video, uh, but there were three brothers who were southbound on the the PCT in Washington. And this apparently, yeah. after I was reading a little bit more about it, it seems as if this happened like a little while ago and it's just sort of now actually hitting the news because okay. they're, they're, they're almost to like Lake Tahoe area. Um, oh, so now. they're still on trail. Yeah, and this oh, happened. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And this about. happened like in Washington. And they're going when southbound. They were, when they were like freshly on the trail. They had only been on the trail for, you know, like a, a couple of weeks or a week or something wow. like that. But these three brothers, um, they're hiking, and they all got struck by lightning. Uh, one of them was unconscious for several minutes. His brother had to, like, you know, bring him back around, resuscitate him. Like, I think, I mean, rescue breathing, CPR kind of style sort of thing. Yep. And then they hiked out, you know, no big deal. You know, oh, oh, yeah, don't don't mind my totally burned up, uh, <laughs> you know, outerwear. Yep. Like, this Swiss, Swiss cheese thing's just what's in style now. It's <laughs> no big deal. And then they went and saw a cardiologist who told him that, that he was lucky to be alive. Um, and didn't he have to hike like 30 miles to get to the highway to then get yeah, to the cardiologist? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They hiked out. Yeah. It wasn't like, like, oh, hey, guys, let's go ahead and press the spot, you know, or like yeah. let's, let's figure out a way to get somebody out here to help us. They're like, oh, man, that getting hit by lightning, that was pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, so what, I should do some more miles? Yeah, yeah, why not? God. So I... Yeah, the, these these guys have got to have just an amazing story. I I would love to hear it. Um, I was pretty busy, but I was going to try to track these folks down and see oh, if yeah. they would give me like oh, an yeah. audio clip about it. A trail show so exclusive. I, if anybody out there knows these guys, because they're they're southbound PCT hikers, like somebody's got to know them out there. Yeah. send them to the trail show. We want to we want to hear their story. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, have them email info at thetrailshow dot com, and then we'll get that to special, and we'll go from there. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Is that all the news? That's uh, that's oh well, well there's what, what? so yeah. uh, more news. Well, Z- Zinky got in trouble. What? Yeah, apparently he's been meeting with all. This of sounds these. like breaking news. <laughs> Ryan Zinky in the news. Go ahead, Spencer. yeah, our, you know, long long time friend of the Trail Show, uh, <laughs> yes. Ryan, Ryan Zinky, <laughs> uh, dearly beloved of the uh, the interior. Yeah. Um yeah, he apparently has been meeting with like these 
different special interests in like mining groups and what? things like that. That's but, surprising. But Shocking. not surprising. But then he, he's been uh, erasing them from his calendar, like public calendar or whatever. Probably learned that from his buddy yeah. Scott Pruitt. Yeah, so he's been, uh, oh, well, Scott Pruitt, you mean the guy who said, oh, Gonna have to gonna have to leave now. Yeah. 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 Former head of the EPA. Yeah. Former. Yeah. Do you think Zinke would learn based on Pruitt's experience with calendars that maybe he shouldn't? Miss? Well, he is. He's deleting things. Yeah, that's his oh thing. He's trying man. to like. He's trying to. So he's meeting with these he's folks. He's cooking who, the books. Who, who who have their vested interest in in uh, in trying to grab our public lands for extraction purposes and stuff. It's not going to end and, well. And then and then he doesn't even have the spine. To uh to leave that on his calendar and like have it out there and known that that's what he's doing. Wow. He has to, he has to run around like 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 he's ashamed. D- do you have something to be ashamed of, Mr. Zink? Whoops. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Special just ran out the door after Ryan Zinke. We'll never see him again. Wants to shake his hand again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot you. You yeah. you broke bread with the man, right? Oh God, let's. No, yeah, no, no, that no, might be a little, going a little okay, far. I'm sorry. Yeah, come on, man. Okay, so we're not doing a formal conservation interview this month. However, I do want to read something I got on an email uh, yesterday. Uh, many of you who've been to Colorado or live in Colorado have probably used fourteeners dot com to try and get information about climbing or hiking up a fourteener. So I got an email yesterday from 14ers.com, and they were kind of, you know, saying, hey, 14ers.com, folks, um, there's this organization called the Colorado 14ers Initiative. CFI. CFI, which... They do a lot of trail work, like, to maintain the trails that go up to the the 14ers and uh, do, like, you know, markings and trail kiosks and... Yeah. Parking areas and... All that stuff that you're going to use if you're going up to climb a 14er. And there's tons of people that do the Colorado 14ers. They're kind of iconic. Anyway, the email says, if you spend time on Colorado's 14ers, you may have already seen some of CFI's great trail work or bumped into one of their crews. It's tough work at high elevation, but the outcome helps preserve the fragile mountain environment while providing us with a more defined and sustainable trail system. In 2018... (laughs) In 2018, CFI has major projects on Mount Elbert, Mount Columbia, Quandry, and Mount Evans. In addition, CFI adopted peak trail maintenance and restoration crews will host over 60 smaller projects utilizing at least 1,600 days of volunteer trail work. So what the 14ers have done is they put a link to um, CFI's fundraiser, and they're asking folks, hey, go over to CFI's webpage, which we're going to post a link to, um, donate, and if you don't mind, please enter 14ers.com in the tribute name field near the top of the form so that CFI can provide a total, um, anyway, provide data and stats um, based on this small campaign. So we're going to hop on board. We're going to post a link to that uh, donation page. And yeah, if you've been to Colorado, if you've climbed a 14er, you're thinking about doing it, consider throwing CFI a little coin. They do great work. And People hike the heck out of those trails. They get loved to death. So they really do, especially like the front range fourteeners. Some of them have got a lot. I mean, I've been on on Mount Albert and seen over a hundred people up there. Oh yeah. So they've done some big projects on yeah. Albert uh, this year and last year, from what we've been told. Yeah, and it, it's definitely important to protect those alpine areas. So, yep. All right, let's talk about trips. Who's gone where this past month? 
I have been doing some lake bagging. Hashtag Ooh. lake bagging. Really lovely kind of change, you know, not necessarily. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The the cat Mo is here and it's really getting in on out of order. Out of order. (laughs) It's like, come on, make out with me. He's he's super forward. Yeah, Uh, come on, Triple O. What's the problem, man? You don't like cats? Are you not a Latin lover? Come on. (laughs) Yeah, come on, man. You just gotta make out with him a little bit and then he'll chill out. He just wants to drool on you (laughs) a little bit. Once you guys kiss a little bit, then he'll just lay down on your chest. It'll be fine. Put your paper down. Yeah, move your paper. I'm trying to get a photo here. Come on. Lake bagging. So how many lakes are we talking? Oh, I don't know. I haven't been counting. Three dozen? Like How are no, you bagging them? Do you have like a specific list them. of lakes that you're targeting? Like only lakes no. over, over 10,000 no. feet? No. I just threw like that up. A volume of the lakes. Well, you know, like peak bagging's always been a thing. And then our good friend, Not a Chance, told us about meadow bagging. Yep. And then mm-hmm. PUD was like, well, we do these hikes up to lakes. It's lake bagging. Sure. So the thing is, is that um, so because we live in Salida, we have really great access to the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, and the Sangres have so many lakes. Tons. Every sing- almost every single drainage has a lake at the top, or more, and they're really beautiful. And there's often maybe one or two or nobody up there. So I don't know. They're they're really, and they're most of them are ten miles or so, you know, yeah. round trip. So pretty easy little half day hike. And, um, yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, and I'll just uh, piggyback onto that. So we did a, a day hike in Crested Butte a week ago. Oh, not quite. It was on Sunday. And we hiked up to Green Green Lake, which used to be kind of a standard hike. It's like a nine-mile round trip. And we went up there with our friend Trainwreck, who's from Maine, and who's been doing oh, yeah. a lot of lake bagging, but she also gets in the lakes. And these are high alpine lakes, and they tend to be cold. So she got in the lake, and I was like, man. And she was like, oh, it's not cold. And I'm like, eh, she's from Maine. Her, you know, I, you can't trust someone saying water's not cold if they're from Maine because they grew up That's true. Know, no. swimming in yeah. ice, icebergs. They're like and, Finnish yeah. people. But anyway, I, I actually dipped my toe in it. It felt okay. So I got in. Um, and I'm from South Carolina, so I'm not, I'm not a You're huge. You're a wuss. Yeah, I'm a wuss. Yeah. And I was Fine. able to stay in for six minutes. So I get you know every cold water immersion or cold showers that's like all the craze nowadays, right? Was that you your know? your LKS? That was my longest known no. soak. Yeah, yeah. Cold uh, water soak. Cold water soak. Okay. And so then a couple of days later, we were on a hike up in the Sangres to South Crestone Lake. Mm, yeah. And um, got in that one. That one was a little colder, but I was able to stay in for six minutes again. So I'm hoping to have all these health benefits from the the cold water immersion. Are you, are you practicing at home, like putting a yes. bunch of ice in the uh, the bathtub? And I'm not doing that. But what I've been told is that um, you can take like your normal shower and then you end it with cold water. Oh yeah, I so do I've that been doing sometimes. The, the cold snap at the end, and I try to like at least do that for a minute. Yeah, you know, so and finish with the with the ice cold water. Yes, yeah, so nice, and it's very refreshing. That's all. Yeah. I, it, it it's not super pleasant when it's happening, but <laughs> when it's over, it feels you know it feels decent. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm, you do I'm something you painful and then it stops, it, it feels right. great. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like when you're soaking in the hot springs or something like that. You know, yeah. if there's like a, a a little stream there or something else or snow or bank, snow bank, like alternating yes, between that. Yes, but hot then you get back in the hot fun. water with a cold shower. The health benefit is doing the cold spritz at the end, and then. Not going back to the hot, right? So you just got to get out cold. Yeah, yep. I would. I would add that I hiked part of the Appalachian Trail with Trainwreck. That is where I met her, and we finished on October tenth or something. I don't remember. 
and all through Maine, she got in almost every single lake in October. Oh. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. she's a Mainer. They she's crazy. They can I, go swim in the ocean in December, and it you know it's fine. I, I tried I, to get Disco to swim out to the little island in South Creston Lake, but he wouldn't no. do it. I would have sunk. I, I like it was that style. Too far and too cold. When I was in uh, when I was on the PCT, uh, the guys that I was hiking with, we we liked to jump in the uh, the high alpine lakes. Yeah. It is really refreshing. If there's ice floating in, the, in them, all the better. Oh yeah. man, yeah. did you get in some with ice floating? In oh them? yeah, I, I <laughs> swam in like Guitar Lake, and or, or well, oh, not yeah. Guitar Lake itself, oh. but there's a couple of little lakes that are up, like above Guitar. Sure. Um, and yeah, I swam in that one, Chicken Spring Lake. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely spent some time in that one. Damn. I jumped in it many, many times. Uh, an old friend of mine, Andres Brolis. Shout out to Andres if he, if he's listening. Oh, They're, Big Cat. Yeah, Big Cat. So yeah. Were you present or there or saw the video of him sliding, like glissading down the snow into the lake on purpose? The the snow ended on the where the water started. Where oh, my he, God. It was somewhere in the Sierra, and he literally, it's in one of Squatch's films, he literally slides down the snow into the water and then starts swimming. Huh. God. And there was icebergs in that lake, too. So. Yeah, no. there. I Most of them that we, get, we jumped in, yeah. there was ice. And... Uh, it's invigorating, that's for sure. Yeah. The the there was also um what is it Doris Lake or something like that up uh, near Mono Hot Springs. Okay. Um, it's the yeah. it's like this alternate that you can do instead of VVR. Yeah. Or you can go to it from VVR with a gnarly river for it if you're so inclined <laughs> to yeah. get to the hot springs. Um, but uh, up there, there's a, a lake a little bit north, and it's fed by warm springs, and it's got some cool cliffs that you can jump off of. Huh. And that right one on. you can go into, and it's, like, super nice. Super nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, who else has got trips? Who else has gone somewhere? Salty, you've been hiking all over. Yeah. What, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been hiking a lot of the 14ers this summer, so that's been awesome. Um, cool. Staying mostly within a couple hours of the Front Range and doing the ones that I can get to easily on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, most recently... Uh, Long's Peak and Mount with the Holy Cross. Those were both awesome. Wow. Those yeah. are long days. Both of those are long days, right? They are, yeah. Did you do Long's as a day hike? I did, yeah. Uh, I went up and did Meeker first, which is right next to it. I yeah. think it's like uh, Twofer. Yeah, Twofer, yep. And then went uh, via the loft route and then down wow. the keyhole route. But so th- that's probably like, what, a 14-hour day? Or I don't even know. Oh, I don't remember how long it took us. I think okay. it was about 15 miles. To do yeah. it in like fifty six hundred feet of elevation gain. Uh, it was a really nice hike. I think we That's this a hog. Was Sunday and it actually wasn't that crowded. We only saw like six or seven other people. No oh, wow. kidding. That's yeah. thin. That yeah. is thin. Especially for Long's Peak. Huh. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm definitely gonna do that one again. And we what uh, w- which other ones have you been been getting to? Uh well I think I've done about I don't know, eleven or twelve this summer. Um we, we did. We yeah. did one with salty. Which one? Yeah. Antero. That's yeah. right. We did Antero. Be a little Browns Creek. Oh yeah, that yeah. was yeah. a really good hike. That was that a was good hike. Really fun. Yeah, and you did. You said Mount of the Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. And that's got some up and down before you get to the summit, right? It does. Yeah, you go up over a pass and then drop down across. I think it's uh, like Holy Cross Creek or something like that, and yeah. then you go up. Uh, like another 3,000 feet up to the summit. Oh. That well, one was beautiful. <laughs> the hard part is coming another back. 3, it is, yeah. As long as you know yeah. that you have to, you know, come back down and then up that, you know, 1,000 feet at the end of oh, your day. Did you, go the, uh, yeah. did you go the way where you, you go by that Notch Mountain shelter? Uh-uh. Okay. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. That's, hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get to hike some more peaks. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. 
Special. What about you? Where Where have you been? You've been traveling, right? Yeah. So, well, the uh, the new job. I'm now working again as a geologist for uh, environmental remediation company. So, been doing some uh, doing some work out in New York. Uh, hey now. On the former Griffiths Air Force Base, and it's been it was uh, a lot of long days out there, um, but pretty pretty nice area. I had a Sunday where I went and just drove around, uh, checked out a couple of local coffee shops and went went by a few lakes and skipped some stones and yeah, yeah it was pretty chill um definitely a nice area it's like the, the gateway to the adirondacks so you know not quite into that like more mountainous. rugged mountainous yeah. type of terrain but it was it was kind of approaching that uh okay. so yeah it was a good time right on and, man uh and i've got more upcoming excellent Triple uh, O, what about you've been studying for like three months? Oh. You probably haven't even seen <laughs> a tree. No, I well, I've been studying, but um, but I did escape one day. I got into Indian Peaks Wilderness. And I hiked up uh, from Brainerd Lake up to Mount Toll. And oh, Pawnee. cool! Oh, nice! It's a nice little loop you can do. Yeah. Um, it was. You know, did you see P Mags out there? I did not. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's one of his favorite areas. I just curious, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's good to get out. It's good to like sit on the divide again and just kind of like, oh, yeah, the continental divide. Yeah, it's good to take a break too. And now that you your know? studying is done, do you plan to ramp up your trips outdoors? Or I mean, I you I have tend to, right? to. I intend to. My girlfriend broke her toe, so. Oh. Oh. It's a little hard to like drag her out with me right now. I can't carry her too far. Yeah. Well, she's tiny. <laughs> yeah, come on, come man. On. You, you know, you'll just have to get some uh, some designs for a cart. Yeah, yeah. one wheeled cart. If only I had yeah. a one wheeled cart. Yeah, <laughs> if only. I hear they sell them down mm-hmm. in Mexico. Yeah, for right. cheap. <laughs> or you could get you could. In el I, segundo. I think you should try one of those baby strollers. You know, like the little running strollers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could work. Ooh. She would appreciate that. That would be so romantic. That would be funny <laughs> on several levels. <laughs> you could, but I think you could pack a pic- picnic along with you. Some in coffee. There. Yeah, uh-huh. but I think it's healing up. I think in the next month I'll, we're gonna try and go on some good hikes. We'll cool. See. We'll keep us posted, Matt. Yes, Absolutely. please do. All right. Uh, speaking of hiking and getting outside, we got another update from Moonkid, mm-hmm. who oh, yeah. he's our our favorite French hiker who's walking from the bottom of South America to the top of North America. And I and it was his birthday, by the way. Yeah. Happy birthday! And the last Feliz time, cumple. the last time we heard from him, he was walking across that uh, those mm-hmm. salt flats. Yeah, in Salar de Uyuni. Sorry, yes. couldn't get it out there. And if, you, if you have not checked out his videos, um, they're cool. You should oh, totally yes. check them out. Because he posted I'm one that included that area, yeah. and it was way cool. We should post a link to that because um, he has a YouTube channel just like Out of Order did when he was doing his. Have you finished yours? I had to study for the bottom. Oh, oh, excuses. <laughs> it was just a question. So now you're done. We'll expect to have some more videos coming out shortly. Yes. Uh, but anyway, he has his own YouTube channel, and his last one was really good. And it has subtitles in English. Um, but his last one was really, um, you know, it's beautiful, the landscapes, but also the things that he says are very heartfelt He's, he and He seems thoughtful. like a real thoughtful dude. Yeah, totally. Yes. All right, let's see what he's up to. Hey, this is Moon Kid on the phone. With a new update, well, it has been quite a long time since uh, the first one, and uh, I have to say it has been quite complicated for me. I got badly sick in La Paz, capital of Bolivia. I uh, 
<laughs> wow, I think a truck oh, man. has turned back about three times. <laughs> Out of order, jumping here. Because of health issues. And, uh, yeah, I have to give up on, uh, on the whole Cordillera Real Traverse. So I was quite sad about that. But eventually, I reached the border with, with Peru and, uh, and Cusco next. And um, I made a very nice run trip in the region of Cusco, discovering all the wonderful archaeological sites and this beautiful tropical nature too. So I enjoyed it very much. And well, I spent my, my birthday uh, during this, uh, these days. That was quite weird actually, because I spent the whole day without thinking at all about, about that fact. And um, eventually, by night, I reached some Inca ruins, wonderful Inca ruins very very isolated in the mountains um, with a with the light of a full moon and um, yeah I don't know who gave it to me but that was a very nice gift I wasn't expecting that at all and well next Machu Picchu of course and from Machu Picchu I hiked to another Inca city named Choquequerao which is not as impressive as Machu Picchu, but um, which has a very, very particular mood because there is few people getting there. You have to hike about two days for the majority of the, of the tourists to get there. So um, very few people, about 30, 30 persons per day. And um, yeah, on your own in this, uh, in this wonderful Inca ruins, you, you feel a little bit like an explorer discovering a, a new Inca archaeological site. So it's very, very strong feeling. I enjoyed it very much. But well, another twist and turn. At the end of this round trip, my feet were completely dead. I wasn't able to walk anymore at all. So I had to turn back to, to get back to Cusco to rest up about 10 days. I lost a lot of time and that was quite hard mentally. But now I feel much better back on the trail with a very good pace, uh, at least 40 k per day. I am in the, in the central part of Peru, in the middle of the Cordillera de las Andes. And um, I'm following a cycling itinerary actually, so it's not completely wide, but uh, I enjoy it very much. I meet a lot of uh, local people, and um, the wilderness is still wonderful, with some mountains covered with a tropical virgin forest. So very nice, and I hope I will be able to keep that pace to the northern part of Peru where there are some uh, beautiful mountain ranges with the Cordillera Blanca, Cordillera Negra, Huayuas. So yeah, the journey is still, still going on. And um, as we say in Quechua, to Panachis Camaway case, see you, ciao.
Nice. Ciao. I like how the motorcycles in the background. I, know. I think those are dirt bikes. It sounds it's it's either or that chainsaws. or chainsaws. Like, yeah, I was gonna say chainsaws are like weed whackers, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And the Some traffic noise. Two-stroke traffic. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Triple yeah. uh, O, man, you got a little nervous over there. I know, you, so you can jumping. feel the car just coming right well, behind remember, you. Well, remember, there were a few uh, <laughs> I know. updates that yeah. I wanted to have. I walked a couple of roads in my day. Yeah, we heard those <laughs> updates fun. with, like, traffic right w- beside your was, face. Wasn't there one with, like, an ambulance that went by or something? <laughs> the Euro siren? <laughs> I think Disco just dropped those in. Yeah, that could that might just be sound effects. I don't know. Yeah, make sure you follow Mooncat on the Instagram. and. Uh, yeah, he's um, on Instagram, he's at The American Hike. That's right. Check really out good his pictures. photos. Yeah. Yep, he does. And hopefully we'll get another update from him. Yeah. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we got Salty. We're going to be talking trail nutrition. And trail show will be back. All right, let's go get a slurp. Hey guys, this is Moonkid and I never listen to the trade show. You know, it's just that it's not it's not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, ladies and gentlemen, Moonkid. I think that's that, my favorite promo. That hurt a little. <laughs> All right, we've got Salty in studio this month to talk with us a little bit about all things trail nutrition. Where did my notes go? Salty, you you have a long distance hiking background, right? You hiked the PCT when? Uh, 2014. Yep. Oh, okay. Pretty recent then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty How, recently. Had you done any long hikes before that? I had done part of the AT in 2009. Oh. Yeah. About 600 miles. Right on. Yeah. Damn. So how did you end up deciding to do all of the PCT in 14? Like, was it a, were you in kind of a transition period in your life or? You know, what actually happened was an interesting story. I got bit by a rattlesnake. I was living in Asheville, North Carolina, and I was exploring a piece of land um, that he was looking at buying. Anyhow, I was, we were leaving the property. I got bit by a rattlesnake. I was stuck on the couch for like a month straight. And the guy I was dating at the time um, owned a bakery and Jennifer Farr Davis was friends with him and through the ultra running community. She brought her book at the time, uh, called again in, gave it to him. I was on the couch for a month. He brought it to me. And just reading the story, like, yeah. brought to life the trail community again. And I was like, I need to get back on trail. And so that was 2013. And then the following spring, I was like, okay, PCT. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. You hiked the the PCT, Mexico to Canada, I presume, mm-hmm. in 14. Yep. Were you as keen on trail nutrition during that through hike as you are now? Or, or were you just kind of eating the standard stuff? 
No, I was pretty into nutrition. Okay. Um, yeah, I was an athlete in high school. I was uh, running cross country and track and swimming. So I was always pretty aware of my body and how food affected how I felt. Um, and unfortunately, as like an endurance athlete, as a lot happens to a lot of endurance athletes, is I got into like some unhealthy eating patterns. But the silver lining of that was that I learned a ton about nutrition through that process. Like I just started digging into it. And that's when I really became interested in nutrition. Um, and then, yeah, I continued long distance running after college, felt great for a long time, um, continued my whole foods diet on the PCT. Um, I was a vegetarian at the time then, but I felt great, didn't have any illness or injury the whole time. And then when I really got into nutrition even more was after the PCT, cause I kind of had like a, a health crash at that point. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I'll, I'll mention just to make sure I don't forget Salty's website is katiegerber.com. It's K-A-T-I-E-G-E-R-B-E-R.com. We're going to talk about more about the website in a bit. But um, so you had a health crash after the PCT, uh, after your through hike. And then I, I guess that kind of forced you to kick things into high gear and like figure out what was going on. It did. And, and, and at that point, did you kind of transition and becoming like a health coach at that at that time or, or were you already doing that kind of stuff I wasn't doing that stuff yet I was okay. um, a pastry chef and a baker at that time oh, wow. so I had always been and I'd been working in like the restaurant scene for a while so I was I was really into food um, and into like the local food scene that had always been a passion of mine um, and I was also had been into health for a long time and like holistic health so I had an idea that afterwards, after the PCT, you know, I had an idea of what was going on with me. I thought it might be adrenal or it might be like thyroid related. I knew enough to know that, but that was like when I really needed to dig into the research. And I got some blood testing done finally. And originally they didn't find anything. So I was like, yeah. man, I know something is wrong with me. So then I just kept researching, kind of kept going down like the nutrition rabbit hole, functional medicine, started taking nutrition classes. That's when I enrolled in my nutrition certification course. Okay. Um, and started interning with like some functional medicine practitioners. And then I got functional medicine testing, like the blood work within like those ranges. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started figuring out, oh, I have this, I actually have like an autoimmune thyroid disease. Right. And then figuring out how to treat that was just like where I started learning more and more. Right. Um, taking more courses and then going through those protocols is when I started working with other people. So I worked under a functional medicine practitioner, went through some of those um, like gut healing protocols, adrenal protocols, things like that. Yeah. And then that's where I transitioned to learning all of that and and helping other clients. Yeah. And so um, you've kind of taken your knowledge from that experience from and from your training and education. And now you're helping hikers um, in particular. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about that. Like. Long distance hikers notoriously have um, can have terrible diets. Mm -hmm. um, we know we have a few friends of the show. There's some room for improvement, so let's let's just dive right into that. Like yep. what you know, you're a through hiker, you're a long distance hiker. You see what other people are pulling out of their food bags. What's kind of the worst offenders you see? Like common? Yeah. Uh, I would say if I were to choose two, um, it would be people just eating way too much refined sugar. Okay. Because, mm -hmm. And the excuse that I always hear is like, well, I'm burning, you know, thousands of calories a day. So I'm burning it off anyways. But even if you are burning the calories off, 
none of us are immune to the inflammation and the oxidative stress that's happening in our bodies when we're burning so much uh, like refined carbohydrates and simple sugars. So that's still going on, and that inflammation is going to eventually catch up with you and probably lead to illness or injury. Uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of the key, right? I mean, it's, you know, with nutrition is trying to make sure that you're promoting the healing and not promoting the inflammation, right? Exactly, yeah. Yep. And so if I were to suggest to people to like, you know, to break it down to really simple terms, it's just like eat more of the anti-inflammatory foods and try and cut out as many of the an- the inflammatory ones. So as what do you, what do you think are some of the like common inflammatory foods and and what do you, what do you think might be like a good replacement that that might work for people? Yeah, as I was just mentioning, I think sugar is probably uh, the worst offender for hikers, for sure. It's just like all that refined sugar and everything. So like Snickers and gummy bears and, and but, this but kind I of think stuff? It, I think it goes beyond that. Like okay. I'll just say that uh, I've been paying attention a little bit more to Zoner and Salty. And when I went on the Idaho Centennial Trail, I changed the what I carried significantly. It was much different than any other hike I'd done. And when I was on the Sierra High Route, I packed a lot of bars and... I couldn't eat anything. Like everything tasted disgusting. You know, there were like I could eat the cheese and the crackers and that was it. And the and the dinners. Which was refried beans. And all the other stuff I packed just seemed so gross to me. So when I went out on the Idaho Centennial Trail, most of what I ate, instead of what I would normally do, which is protein bars, which are have tons of sugar in them. Or A I lot. mean maybe they're, not high fructose corn syrup. They're quite processed. <clears throat> yeah. And instead I mostly ate mixed nuts with some raisins or dried cranberries and not very much of the dried fruit in there. It was mostly nuts. And I felt a huge difference in how long I could go during breaks and how much energy I had. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually going to be what I'd suggest as one of the replacements, you know, is thinking about dried fruit Um, and also looking at like on a broader level, like the macronutrients that you're eating. So you're probably eating a lot more fat, which was keeping you satiated instead of all of that sugar. Which really, one of the other issues is that you're never going to have consistent energy when you're eating so much sugar because it just spikes your blood yeah. sugar and then it crashes and then you have to eat more sugar and then it spikes it and crashes again. So I yeah. often encourage people to have like a lot of healthy fat and a little bit of protein, especially how, if they're How do you feel about sugar. those, uh, like the dehydrated hummus mixes? I haven't looked in the, I mean, I'd have to look at the ingredients of them. I okay. think some of them can be okay. Because I had, I had a couple of those that I really enjoyed. I'd mix them up with just a little water, oil, and... Uh, um, packets of mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, I know. God. And man, I, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> no, look at Triple O. He's like, what? I, and you know, I, I don't, I don't like terrible. mayonnaise, but for some reason, I mean, huh. like, yeah. It, it's that it, fat, it, man. Yeah. But I, I found that, that hummus was one of my best, like, stain power foods for lunch. Mm-hmm. Like that on a, on a tortilla or something. Yeah. Hummus was always good for me. And I, I don't, I mean, we don't want to like bog you down with a million questions about I, our specific I diets. <laughs> I mean, we do, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we should preface this by saying that uh, we've been talking to Salty for a while about being on the show and, and possibly having a semi-regular segment where she can answer specific questions from our, yeah. our listeners. A Dear Salty segment. <laughs> dear Salty. Dear Asking Salty. life questions too. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we don't want to get too in the weeds today. Just, not yeah. just yet. Yeah, not just yet, but yeah, yeah go ahead. But well, I was going to say, I mean, to generalize from what uh, Special was just saying, uh, you know, you could, I encourage people to look at the ingredient list, you know, because there can be a huge difference between a bag of chips that you buy that's like plain tortilla chips that has less than five ingredients or maybe like sweet potato chips where it's only sweet potatoes, coconut oil, and sea salt 
versus your bag of Doritos, which actually has oh. like, I think it's like 47 synthetic ingredients and yeah. your body's going to respond to those a lot differently. Right. Um, so, you know, looking at the labels is, is so easy and it's so simple, but it can make a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And I'll mention, so you've got a great video on your website. It's um, kind of a, a, a day of food on a through hike video. So you actually like spend 10 minutes talking about what you would have or what you have in your pack in your food bag for a normal day on trail during a through hike. Mm -hmm. And you actually pull it out and talk about it. And I, and I think it would, you know, it helps people to be able to see um, the different kind of foods we're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and again, that's at katiegerber.com. And I think that's under the, the blog and free resources tab. Mm -hmm. But yeah, check out that video and you will learn a lot. And, I and felt for like the, I did. And for those of you listeners who are not going to be, camping or hiking or distance hiking um i know that you offer just you know we have seen that you offer a lot of um services for you know just the everyday person who's trying to you know work on their health and their nutrition yeah absolutely yeah i mean my my big goal is just to help people you know whether it's long distance hikers or you know people in their everyday lives who are either struggling with a specific health condition, whether it's like autoimmunity or, you know, adrenal or thyroid or anything, weight loss resistance, anything to really get to the root of the roadblocks that are keeping yeah. them from feeling great, having energy and just functioning optimally. So, you yes. know, we go into a deep dive, figure out what might actually be the root cause of what's going on. And then we develop a plan for how they can get back to feeling awesome and yeah. know, achieving their goals. The other thing I was going to mention, we, we talked about like, worst case scenario. So I kind of feel like the worst case scenario for a long distance hiker is, which I found quite often on the Grand Enchantment Trail was you get to a trail town, there's no grocery store. There wasn't even a convenience store. There was, there was family dollar or dollar general. <laughs> and because I hadn't planned ahead and sent a resupply box, I was resupplying for like four or five days at a time out of family dollar. So what advice, if any, <laughs> do you have for hikers that find themselves at <laughs> Family Dollar yeah. trying to buy four or five days worth of Or like a food? gas station for that Oh, matter, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking like of Ledor, Idaho on the CDT. You know, there's a prime example of a gas station that if you didn't send a mail drop, that's where you're buying your next, you know, five days of food. Right, yeah. So what do you do? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it can be really difficult. Um, I would... So instead of like overwhelming yourself with thinking about like looking for certain brands or anything like that, I would just kind of simply go by thinking about finding like the most whole food options possible. So again, things with like as few ingredients as possible. So, you know, most gas stations or like uh, family dollars, things like that are going to have um, some kind of like dried meats and no, it's not like the ideal source to get it, but it's going to be better than getting the really processed stuff. Um, you know, trail mixes, almost all those places have some kind of trail mixes. Look for the ones that don't have like the added sugar and the added oils in them. Um, you can usually find, you know, maybe blocks of cheese. If you tolerate mm -hmm. dairy, that's, you know, an option. Oftentimes you might find something fresh, like maybe like a waxy apple or an avocado that you can pack out or a bag of carrots. Yeah. Um, and I think most stores carry something like Triscuits too. Right. Yeah. And again, yeah. I, I mean, just kind of it, knowing that it's not going to be ideal and just looking for those things that are 
as simple as possible, as close to their whole food form as possible. Okay. And then trying to make up for those deficiencies the next time you're in a place where you can eat vegetables and probiotics and so, make up for that stuff. So like a three-day resupply of, of frozen burritos, probably not going <laughs> to cut it. I don't think so. McDoubles. <laughs> McDoubles. Yeah. McDoubles. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I yeah. think that might do the opposite. It'll fully <laughs> toxify you. Yeah, fully. I'm curious. So you're one of the, I guess it's becoming more popular, but you're one of the hikers I know that does a lot of stoveless backpacking. I do. You know, PUD and I almost always cook a hot meal in the evenings. And like, if we wanted to try stoveless, what, what would we substitute for that hot meal in the evening? What, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to rely on soaking things a lot. And one of my go-to meals will be um, like a rehydrated hummus powder, like special mention, yeah. something like that, or rehydrating um, beans of some sort, re, you know, refried beans or black beans or something like that. I keep it pretty simple. Um, I don't like to, you know, put a lot of effort into it. I'm just pretty, Amen. pretty yeah. much ready to eat. So I might like carry along a bag of dehydrated veggies, a bag of dehydrated beans, um, some olive oil, and maybe some sort of seasonings, um, like cumin or something like that garlic powder salt pepper put that all in my jar and soak it for an hour and eat that with chips um and you know you can obviously it's a personal preference but uh, what about on those really cold days when it's you know it's 42 degrees outside and that hypothermic rain you don't you don't just crave that hot meal in the evening i know it's it's very rare i don't know there's something wrong with me i just like don't mind like eating the same thing pretty regularly and eating cold meals (laughs) yes so i've got a question about about like dehydrated beans Mm -hmm. because i i like them but they don't like me so like have you found that there are like different uh types or or I don't know, places to avoid getting them or, or like what's going on there? Well, I mean, with all the, the fiber, they're definitely harder to digest. And I mean, making sure you're soaking them and or cooking them long enough, of course, is helpful. Yeah. Um, if they, I mean, if they just, if your body just doesn't tolerate them, I would uh, just find other options. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> think it depends on, the, I think it goes back to the ingredients list because that too. Disco and I were eating, um, so we were going to go on this hike and then we weren't able to. And I said, well, we're just going to eat our trail food for the next month because we've already paid for it. And that's yeah. how we roll in my house. <laughs> so um, That's right. We ate dehydrated refried beans and Fritos for dinner for about three weeks. Yep. And it was mostly fine, except one night we ate some, two nights we ate beans from a, from a friend who had made their own meals and it had mm-hmm. other stuff in it. And I think it had TVP and some other things in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I <laughs> disco nearly killed both of us. Yeah, um, I, I, I almost. It was dis- disgusting. I almost cowboy camped in the backyard. It was like I, sleeping I even... inside a privy. But anyway, yeah, that's um, how that's that's how I feel okay. about about I, it's. And it, I feel like it's mainly the dehydrated black beans that do it to me. Well, but we have maybe the ones we have are pintos. The are. one we have are the Santa Fe brand. We mm-hmm. buy them by the case on right. Amazon, yep. and it's just beans. That's it. And in fact, I actually like to eat them just like as. Like out of the bag. Cause Wait, some, you snack on them? When you open the bag, it, if it's been like taken care of, there's some really big chips in there, you know, like pieces of dehydrated. I can totally, I can totally eat, just didn't eat a whole bag of those things. Dry? So, huh. Oh, totally. <laughs> no. So, uh, are you one of those people that eats like the ramen with the, uh, with like just sprinkles uh, the pack on top? I would eat the ramen, but not with the disgusting I bet That's gross. I bet you drink coffee at night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, there's nothing wrong with anyway. that. Anyway. I think it <laughs> probably depends on the type of bean and also what else is in there because I know 
especially for disco, it made a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, I agree we'll have with to that. talk after the show because yeah. I like those black beans as a as like a staple in my trail food. Yeah. But yeah, man, they they, they the can, Santa they Fe ones. The Santa Fe oh. ones, I'm pretty sure, are pinto. Actually, I think they there's are. some in that bin over there. We can look. Yeah, I those see ones, them. Those ones are uh, refried. Yeah. 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 But are they? I can't remember if they're pinto or black. I think they're pinto. I think they are pinto. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what you need to get. That's that's what Swami eats. Oh yeah. I like yeah. this too. Anyway, yeah. and Salty, you've got an ebook called "Eat for Endurance," and it kind of gets into some of the stoveless uh, recipes and that kind of thing. Is it that does? Right? Yeah. Okay. I I mean, I just kind of outline why you would bother eating stoveless in the first place, why I do it. And then I go through like a sample day and give, you know, a couple of things I might eat for breakfast, a couple of things I would eat for snacks and lunch. And then, you know, things that I would do or, you know, would be suitable for dinner. And how do folks get the ebook? Uh, they can just go to my website and okay. it's available for download for free. So, free. Hey, can't be free. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And you've got a bunch of free resources on your website. You've also got, um, you, you do personalized meal planning for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and also private coaching if people are interested in that. I do, yeah. Okay. Well, you do a, a newsletter that you can get as well, right? Yeah. So if you grab that ebook um, that's on there, you can get signed up for my uh, newsletter as well. And I usually send one out twice a month on the new and the full moon. And it's just like a roundup of the blog post that I've written that uh, month or, you know, a recap of trips I've done or certain trail tips or, you know, things that I think people will find helpful. And you're also on the Instagram. I actually, yeah. uh, you did a post for Dirtmonger, which we, mm-hmm. Beauty and I copied. It had some of those uh, maca balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I Be- copied. Beauty, yep. She went and bought all the ingredients. That's and right. They were quite delicious. And the magnesium. Yeah. And the magnesium. There was a couple of good little tidbits on there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, yeah. and you're at Katie Gerber on Instagram too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So people can check you out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that recipe is on my website. If people want to find it, I have a handful of recipes that are really easy, just like simple to put together things that are good for the trail. You know, they're packable cool. and they also have good nutrition. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that we should talk about? Mm, I would just encourage people. Oh, here, this will be my trail tip. I encourage okay. people to uh, to learn to pay attention to your body and to learn to read its feedback because I think a lot of us um, somehow like learn to ignore symptoms or learn to ignore what our body is telling us oh you know over the years um, but if you can get kind of back in tune with that pay attention to how certain foods are actually making you feel um, like do you have energy in after a couple hours after eating that food or are you crashing um, you know, how is your sleep? How is like for females, like how's your cycle? Things like that. Like your, our bodies are these really amazing refined machines and they're always giving us feedback. So paying attention to that and then making adjustments and paying attention and, you know, you're going to be the one who knows yourself best and is going to be able to take care of yourself best, you know, rather than any outside source. So get to know yourself and and what your body thrives on. Cause you know, even like you can buy all the best gear, but like if your body, you know, if you're not taking care of your body, it's going to be a lot harder to hike miles or just to like live life optimally. So I just encourage people to do that. Well, Salty, I think we've got a lot to learn from you. So hopefully just a reminder to listeners that if you have some specific uh, trail diet related questions. We're going to try to have Salty back on and um, yeah. kind of make a regular go of it. So um, you can uh, send your questions to, uh, I don't know, do you want them to send? You want them to just go to website? Sure, they can send them okay. on my website. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the website again is katiegerber.com. There's a contact form on there. Yeah. yeah. And make sure make sure to let her know that you're you're asking a trail show question so that we can then 
share it with our listeners. Yep. Yeah, and everybody can learn and get smart. Unless it's real personal <laughs> and you don't want Yeah, you know, yeah, and that's fine too. If it's about <laughs> your penile dysfunction, then that's <laughs> wow. we won't we won't air that. We'll, we'll give you a fake name. <laughs> yeah. Buck <laughs> 30. All right. Salty, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. my pleasure. All right, we're going to do iTunes top 5. All right. Then we're going to take a break and then we're going to finish the show. <gasps> what? Wow. I know. Sweet. And we've got a lot of show to finish. Dilo told me to complain if you did iTunes top 5. Okay. <laughs> This so is lodging my complaint. <laughs> well, the good From news your is lounge compla- chair. complaint noted. The good news is that four of the five are one sentence each. Ooh. Oh, those are my favorite How ones. How can he complain I about I draw my complaint. Yes. <laughs> well, the, f- the first one's a bit long, so you might want to complain. Yeah, but Dilo reads beer bottles. NTX Mike 2 says, Great to hear the Wachita Trail get some love. Five stars. <laughs> Dear Trail Show. Thanks for another great show. I was pleasantly surprised to hear the review of the Wachita Trail by Swami. I have hiked the west end of the trail quite a bit. It is a quick drive from the Dallas area, and in my opinion, it's one of the best hikes nearby. Anytime I go, I rarely see anyone else use the trails. I guess with the trail show bump, next time it'll be <laughs> it'll be hiking nuts to butts. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great expression. I've never heard that expression, but thank you, Interx Mike, too. Oh, he goes on to say, and on the west side, there are many side trails to take. I would just avoid <laughs> nuts to butt. Hashtag nuts to butt. Uh, I would just avoid the ones where the ATVs are allowed. They have quite a few big mud holes that are a pain to get around. Keep up the great shows. I'll be hiking the CDT this year. Uh, starting in April, going northbound. Oh, it's going to be nuts to butts. <laughs> and look forward to more episodes. Okay. I, I'm, re- I'm looking forward oh, to being able to bust out nuts to butts yeah, I in a normal that. daily conversation soon. Georgie Dog says, love the show, five <laughs> stars. The folks on this show are spot on, well, most of the time. Mm. I tried using a Special. kitchen. I tried using a kitchen sponge. But the scrubby irritated my parts. <laughs> use, nuts some, to butts. use some caution with their advice. Do not use the scrubby on nuts or butts. Okay, Girthy Johnson says, Oh my God. Man nor beast, five stars. I'm sure that's his real name. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it sounds real. He says, The man or beast that can beat the trail show ain't been born, and his mama's already dead. Get on the trail. Thank you, Girthy Johnson. Uh, AP82 says, Trail Magic, five stars. Hosted by the wackiest, tube-whacking, wag-packing, wise-cracking hikers out there. Wow. Ooh, that's, that's a nice tongue twister. Yeah. Great info and guests, funny and addictive. And finally, at who cares at says, listen, five stars, why not? <laughs> that's a solid argument. I think that's yeah. a review. I like that you yeah. refer to this person as at. <laughs> well, that, no, that's that's their handle is at who, who cares? cares at. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's at. <laughs> Maybe I don't Ooh. know, Mister we'll At. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish the show, which might take another ten hours, but hopefully, nah. I think okay. we can do it.
The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. And we're back, baby. We've got a book to review this month. Special's got it in his hand. It's called On the Trail with Boots McFarland. Volume 1. Uh, spe- so, Special, tell the, the few people out there that don't know about Boots McFarland, tell them what it is. Okay, well, first, you know, find whatever rocks on top of you. Push it off, you know, because... This is this is pretty cool. Uh, so Booth McFarlane <laughs> has been around for at least. A, I feel like I first started seeing it maybe two years ago. Oh, it's um, been around but for it's been a, a while. It, so for for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, imagine if you will like the Far Side, but for hikers. Yeah, it's a uh, comic. You know, it's like a single panel comic. Uh, you know, a little bit of uh, text. You know, a couple of like some pithy quotes or whatever. Um, but it's all stuff that's really relatable to the outdoors, to hiking, uh, to the dumb things that people say or ask you when you're out there, or the crazy things that you like think or weird situations you find yourself in. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's it's just a lot of very like entertaining, relatable comics if you if you if you get outside if you go hiking. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and you don't have to be a through hiker to relate to these comic strips. Like, you could be a day hiker, a hiker of any sorts, and you're gonna get it. It makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, there, there are definitely some that I, I think are are pretty great. Like, uh, I was just look, looking at the one. It's like, oh, you have six toes? No, it's uh, that's a blister. You know, I mean, so, <laughs> right? So right. it's like a, a lot of like um, easy, quick, fun stuff. Uh, and yeah, if you if you haven't seen uh, Boots McFarland, you really need to check it out. Uh, and this book is definitely entertaining. As, as a guy who, as a kid, I was a big, big fan of, this, of the Far Side. When I was in high school, I had my entire wall plastered with Far Side comics. Oh, cool! And so, uh, yeah, Boots McFarland Volume One makes me really excited for Volume Two yeah. through Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, and she's got a lot more she could throw into Volume Two and Three and Four. So. I haven't talked to her specifically about what her plans are, but I'm guessing there's going to be more. I hope so. Buy this book. Yeah, it's currently available on Amazon for eleven ninety nine as of today. It'd make a good gift for that hiker friend of yours. Um, I think for eleven ninety nine, that's a super easy yeah gift for anybody that's a hiker. And as the person who just crawled out from under the rock today, <laughs> yes. well, I mean, you were taking uh, the bar, you know. I was, I was living through it. it is, it's really, it's really fun stories, like. You know, just a yeah. little. It just captures that little, that little essence of hiking. Yeah, it's very, very well done. Cool. Congrats to Boots on her first book. Go get a copy. All right, I get to keep that copy, right? Sure. If you, I don't know. Yeah. It's in my hands right now. Oh, oh. I touched it last thing. Oh man. All right, Pod. We've got oh, crap. a mailbag this month. That was. It, doing it doesn't involve else. you texting. No, you're going to enjoy what I was working on over okay, here. Okay, very good. So, did we get some letters? We did. Uh, we've got a few things here. Uh, so, mailbag item number one is in reference to someone's trail tip about using lichen for toilet paper. Okay. Which I think was on the last show or the previous one. And this is from Jay Corbett. He says, yo, lichen, best backpacking tip ever. Best backpacking TP ever. Since moving to Europe and backpacking every year in Norway, I've discovered this amazing swipe. Specifically, reindeer lichen. 
Out of order, do you know what reindeer liking is? I, I, <laughs> I was about to make a terrible. T- <laughs> oh come on, man! I took a liking to a reindeer. Oh, <laughs> oh. Theodore, that was good. That was Theodore Jones. I do not, I did not use reindeer okay. liking in this manner. But do you know what? Uh, do you know what he's talking about? That specific kind? No, no. Okay. <laughs> he sent us a picture. It looks really awesome. Is, is this like lichen on a rock or like no? The kind of this is like a that, giant that from trees. No. It's just like giant fields of lichen. The picture that he sent us was really cool. Anyway, soft, squishy, especially when damp. Grab a few clumps, dab, wipe as you please. Combined with the backcountry bidet, to which I am a recent convert and will never look back. Heavenly. Praise the bidet. Praise the bidet. Yeah. All right. Let's see. This is from Half Cab. So I, I, okay. The mailbag. Yeah. With this lichen tip. Yeah. (laughs) I'm having some leave no trace feelings about okay, it. Okay, talk to us. So, what? like li- lichens, uh, now if it's a proper lichen, a lichen g- grows real slowly. I think this um, is more like moss. Is, uh, okay, so this is more of a moss. I mean, moss grows kind of slow too, but hmm. all right. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. Out of order, you can speak to this. You hiked through Norway. I mean, it's, it seems like it's everywhere. I mean, I just walked by. I don't know how long it took it to grow there. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, was there tons and tons and tons? I didn't tons? talk to like I don't remember like in, in particular on my hike. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess you know it wasn't, make, it wasn't what I was concerned with. I was concerned with food. Yeah, and chocolate, right? <laughs> yeah, in I Germany, and and you should be. I think it's hey, so. Germany's a great country. I know. We, we if, there's, if there's years tons there. of it around, I, could, I I suppose that's one thing. Maybe you know, like a. But but yeah, if it's uh, I totally th- feel you. I'll, I'll counter though. It's very. I think it's very marshy in those areas. Yeah. And so I think it tends to grow pretty quickly. And I would also submit. I wonder if it's damp. Yeah, it's, I think it's damp. And out of order, mm. you can confirm or deny. Um, if you can remember any part of your trip besides Germany, that wow, um, that wow, it's definitely not nuts to butts. Norway <laughs> to hiking. It is, it is not nuts to butts in Norway. Okay. It is. Mm. That's okay. Well, well, I, I, I will. Uh, <laughs> but I, I agree. I will I get pass what you're on, on on my leave no trace veto. Okay. okay. No, I but, get what uh, you're saying. I guess be conscientious. Yeah. 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 You don't want to rip some hundred year old plant off a rock. Yeah. Oh, this is good for wiping butt. my butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. This is from Half Cab. Dear Trail Show, I saw via Instagram that the Onion is hiking the Great Divide Trail. I bet he found a way to steal all of the glacier ice that was left for his cooler. What? <laughs> Wow. Oh, oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Rough. That's, uh, okay. I, that's oh a little, uh, yeah. That we got uh, Highway Pizzeria. Love the show, longtime listener, and feel I owe you some local North Florida beer, so stay tuned. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. We're, we're here. Your WT Part A show noted the first known bison herd east of the Mississippi since the 1830s. Actually, Payne's Prairie State Park near Gainesville, Florida, Go Gators, has been home to a growing herd of bison since 1975. Can you imagine being a bison in Florida? That sounds like a terrible death. It sentence. sounds like a, a unfortunate oh string of events. They probably have to have a support group that yes. involves yeah. like huskies and other animals yeah, exactly. that are like, "Why are we here? Exactly. Can we please leave?" Yeah. And like everyone else who lives there. Uh, ten bison from Oklahoma <laughs> were wow. introduced. Um, out of order. Do you still live in Florida? I was thinking, you know, I was just thinking. Like, yes or no? What, the, mani- yes or no? the manatee is probably like the Florida bison. It's like a sea oh, bison. Yeah, yeah true. that's true. But so they're in the water. It's more I bet you they're refreshing. not as tasty. 
Yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> Yeah. Manatee burger. They're plus they're just I way too you manatees cute. Manatees are super tasty. <laughs> just, you think so? Like off fat and it's like Kobe beef. Must, uh, <laughs> I mean, don't eat On them. The they're, they're super. What are you, are you suggesting? Yeah. People no, kill and, really and eat Absolutely not. We, no, do, not yeah, no. <laughs> do not go out and kill manatees. They're the sweetest, cutest creatures. The, it would be unethical, and he can't suggest unethical things. <laughs> no. That's right. That is not as the official We're legal telling. representation <laughs> for the trail show. That's right. Uh, okay, so ten bison were introduced from Oklahoma. Ten bison from Oklahoma were introduced, and now the herd has grown to as large as seventy. Hmm. This twenty-one thousand acre park with famous Lachua Trail is home to massive alligators, wild horses, who by the way are going to be for sale in mass now, turkey, and unspoiled with not a single road crossing it. In Florida, yeah. The twenty-one thousand acre. Do you, you know, know this about part? this? Yeah, place? this is this is uh, Payne's Prairie is just south of Gainesville, and it's a wild area mm. of like swamps. Supposedly, you can you, you can find so many snakes going. Like if you just start going into it, there's just snakes everywhere. Yeah, Gators. that sounds awesome. It's a it's a it's a place. Wow. It, it's a and it used to be like I think it used to be a lake. Okay. And then. The earth opened up into a sinkhole and drained it, and so now it's like a swampy. Drained the yeah. swamp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what Dilo's yeah. been up to. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where he is this month. Yeah. Maybe he's down there in the Payne and Prairie, still State filled Park. with lots of snakes. Ooh, as sounds as great. Swamps are. Yeah. Wait, are right? we st- are, are we still talking about snakes, or are we moved on <laughs> into heavy euphemism? Okay. <laughs> if you ever get there, visit Micanopy and enjoy pizza with homemade mozzarella. Ooh, and cold local beer at Blue Highway Pizzeria. Enjoy the summer and visit La Chua in January. Okay. Um, we'll make sure, a I'm trail sure show Wolf, field trip. Wolverine is probably booking his ticket for August right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's yeah. a little crazy, though, that it was 10 bison. I wonder if the, if the resultant bison are all maybe just a little slow. <laughs> you know, that's a good. Maybe I mean ten is not a lot. It's yeah. pretty pretty tight genetic bottleneck I, for I, a I w- mammal. Yeah. I wonder what kind of um, vehicle uh, the Wolverine can come up with to cross the prairie swamp. Down in well, they've got those huge. Uh, like got a cart. prairie Air buggies boat. or whatever. Yeah, that they're like uh, like a like a jeep, but jacked up on stilts, like they do those crazy bikes in Portland. Oh, okay. But they, they, yeah, they're crazy. Like the the engine is all ten feet off the ground. Yeah. But then oh, I know like what you're talking huge, about. Yeah. Yeah, it's like suspension to come down. Mm-hmm. All right, we got one more uh, letter from Garfunky the monkey. Hey now, dear That's trail a great show, name. isn't it, dear trail show? Recently, I heard a news story about an 11-ton iceberg that is threatening the town of Innersuit in western Greenland. Oh, I, yeah. I saw this as well. I heard about this. <clears throat> it's too bad the residents there are not listeners of the trail show. Otherwise, they would know there is a simple solution. Call up the onion ASAP. <laughs> what? He'd be over there in two shakes of a lamb's tail with his cooler, oh. and within no time, nary a trace of ice would remain. Wow! What? That is two items that are that are a direct dig at the onion. Well, and it just so happens we actually got a remote audio recording from the onion this month. Oh, oh he's up in Canada hiking the Great Divide Trail. So let's see what he had to say. Hi, Trail Show Nation. It's the Onion. I know I was banned from the trail show for five years because I took ice from Delo's freezer and that ice was very special to him. (laughs) However, I have served my time. The five years are up. So I just wanted to check in from the shoulder of Tornado Mountain on the Great Divide Trail. 
I got a new job that doesn't start until September, so I'm spending a month on the GDT, and then I'm headed to Alaska. So oh. far, the Great Divide Trail has been perhaps not so great, as parts of Waterton were closed due to a fire last year, and outside of the park, a lot of the route has been on ATV trails. But the pass I just went over was spectacular, on par with the Sierra High Route, and it's supposed to mark the beginning of excellent views. Anyway, that's all for now. Since I've completed my trail show ban, maybe now the show can finally have me on to talk about the Iceland Traverse as Trail of the Month. It's been four years since I hiked Iceland, so it'd be an extra informative show, like the one with Glenn Van Pesky about the Wonderland Trail, where all we learned was that Henry Shires got a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> well said, my friend. By the way, I think he had the crickets mic'd, and he didn't have himself mic'd that well. The yeah, crickets were louder than... <laughs> did you notice that? The I crickets there was, there was were, a, I, Yeah, there was a little wow. bit of background noise going on there. Yeah. That's that's a great comment. Okay, and it just so happens we're going to have a clip from The Onion next month about the dramatic conclusion of his hike on the Great Divide Trail. So we'll just need you to like stay put for a month and just wait on that. So. Oh. All right, out of order. It's time for Ask a Hiker. Oh, <laughs> this is me? This that's is our... Yeah, it has your name on it. What do you mean this is me? <laughs> Come on. You, whenever D'Lo isn't here, you right. do Ask a Hiker. That's the rule. Yes. Okay. That's the... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question one. You, dear you, you've got to come up with your own segment then, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dear Dilo, <laughs> I am an avid hiker and I'm fascinated by long distance trails and through hiking. Though I've never hiked a long trail myself. I was looking at the 50th anniversary trail map published by NPS.gov and I noticed that although there are two trails that go from border to border, the PCT and the CDT, and one trail that almost goes from Gulf to Maine, the AT. You, mm, the Gulf is a little ways away. But anyway, there is no trail that goes from sea to shining sea. Why isn't there a coast-to-coast -coast trail? Perhaps a trail from New York to California. It could be the Woody Guthrie Trail, you know, from California to the New York <laughs> Islands. <laughs> oh, I'm curious. Very nice. Dilo would have sung that, too. Is it logistics? Is it those pesky Midwest flyovers that no one wants to walk through? Wouldn't that be the logical next step after getting your triple crown to hike across the country and literally cross all three of those trails? Thank you for answering this mind-boggling question. Love and mercy, Danny Dean, Hacienda Heights. Well, California. Danny Dean, I hate to tell you, but there sort of is a C2C yeah. route. It's 7,800 miles. It's actually been hiked by someone. A former trail show guest, as a matter of fact, Mr. Andrew Skirka. The trail was actually dreamt up by Ron Ronald Strickland. Strickland. Oh, yeah. oh, of uh, yeah. PNT and of yeah. PNT fame. Yeah. So Ron Strickland uh, kind of put together the route. Skirka hiked it, but to my knowledge, no one has hiked it since. You're talking about the American Discovery Trail. I'm talking about the C to C route, which in well, it includes uh, the North Country Trail. And a couple other trails. Like well, there's the American Discovery Trail, as far oh, as I'm aware. Is, that's it, true. That's is another coast-to-coast coast route. Coast route. Yeah. Well, and also, in, I mean, it's not in the U.S., but in Canada, they've, they've now completed the uh, uh, oh, Trans-Canada Trail. 15,000 miles. Which is like miles. a lot of that's old rails to trails and stuff like that. And there's yeah. a big split that goes up into the Yukon. But that thing looks like a burly beast of a multi-use trail that would be yeah. amazing yeah. to spend some time on. Oh, God, I think it sounds terrible. It's not oh, really? very direct. Rails to trails the, for 15,000 miles uh, Are you kidding? No, but if you're like if, if you're on the spots that you can take like a, a bike on and just like Yeah, for cruise, sure. But yeah, for hiking, 
No, it, no. Oh. For straight hiking, I think it would be no, the misery. Way, the way to cross Canada is by a canoe. There's no doubt. Well, the, but they mind. have canoe sections. Oh, well, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Danny Dean, you got two options. You got the C to C route or the American Discovery Trail. Take your pick. Matter of fact, you could, maybe you could you could make a loop. You oh go, my god! Can you imagine how horrible that would be? That would be <laughs> like <Awful>. you. Could, <laughs> it still wouldn't be as long as the trail in Canada, but seventy eight hundred miles across C to C. And then you could walk down the coast to where the American Discovery Trail oh. starts. Point Reyes. Walk, yeah, Point Reyes. Walk that eastbound back to what Delaware? I think that's and then and then then head up to New York somewhere I've where C to C starts. <laughs> there, there are you, some people that do uh, like Trans America walks, um, yeah. Like via roadways and, yeah. and oh. highways and stuff like oh, that too. Man. Oh man, my feet are take I ten. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you know, you if <laughs> well, you, if you really want to just hate your life, you could do that. What All did right. Forrest right. Gump use? He did it a couple of times. Uh, he he <laughs> used highways. <laughs> he went through God. Monument Valley. That's true. By the way, we heard from Forrest Gump That's earlier on the show. Should I play that clip again? <laughs> no. That was a, okay. Uh, Please, for the love of God. All right, continue. Question two. Triple O. Question, Question two. two. Hi. My name is Jack, and I just started listening, but I was wondering if y'all knew ways my wife and I could start volunteering for trail maintenance. We want to give back, but don't know where to start. Thank you. Google. Jack, you're going to type, go, go to the Google, type in trail maintenance, and then the state that you live in. Or even the city or county mm-hmm. that you live well, in. Or, or, or the place that you would like to go and, right. and do trail maintenance. Yeah. And voila. And for, for most of this... There's no experience required to start doing trail work. So you don't need any special skill sets. You just need to show up with a good attitude. Bring your own tude. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't hurt to have a, a cold beverage in your vehicle for the end of the day. That's my trail tip. All right. What else do we have for, for Ask a Hiker? That's it. That's all. What? That's it. Two that's short oh, well, questions. You're, you're supposed was, to make I one mean, up. Am I I'm make one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're supposed okay. to make one up. <laughs> That's what that's what I was told at least. D Lo from D-Lo New York told me says do it. asks. D Lo from <laughs> from Boulder, Colorado asks, what is the best type of flagstone to make a path? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. God. I know. He's probably working on his patio right now. No, Who he's knows? not. He's up on the East Coast. Yeah, that's what he said. Sipping wine and That's what he said, but we've got no proof. Talking about organic produce or something. <laughs> what? Okay, very he might, good. He might be praising Ja. He might be. He might be secretly. Yeah. All right, folks, we're coming in for the close with our final segment. We got special forty-one in the house. We're going to talk about tent stakes. Oh, tent stakes. Wait, Drug do we out. have a tent stake? Well, uh, we've decided we? we're going to flip it around now. Oh, for, that's for right. Years. Yeah. We've been talking about what you can use as a tent stake. Yeah. So now we're gonna we're gonna pivot this segment a little bit and see how it works out. Okay. We're we're gonna, we're gonna talk about different ways that you can use a tent stake. That's right. Yeah. So you they're not always just for sticking in the ground. That's right. Uh, one of my favorite tricks because I'm a tarp camper is you know if you're like trying to do a funny setup, uh, sometimes you can take that stake that tent stake and put it between like the little the little uh, Y of a tree or a branch or something ah, like that, yes. and then put your line on it. Oh yeah. You know. And so then it's it's basically just holding it there in place and then easily enough to tighten up and, and pull out. 
I've used tent stakes to open beer bottles. Oh, save it for next month, dude. Oh, we're just doing Jesus one Christ. thing. Yes. I, thought, I thought we were going. I thought that's a oh, round man. table. Oh, God. Ah. That's right. We can do two to start. Okay. Awesome. You know, so bonus opener. for the first time. Yeah. Bottle, bottle opener. opener. I'll edit that part out and post. <laughs> no, it's done now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's fine. Done. I was Cat's out of the bag. Anyway. Okay. All right. So, have you ever broken a bottle using a tent stake? You know what? I did. I did break a bottle once. I saw a friend of mine take a metal spatula like you would have out on a barbecue, and he like flicked it real fast at the top of a bottle, no, and it no, popped I mean off the cap. No, I mean with a tent stake. Have you ever broken? No, nah, but okay. I tried the same thing with the beer bottle. I ended up slicing off the top inch of glass, and I'm sure I got glass shards in the beer, and the sad thing is that it was my last beer in the fridge. Oh. oh. So and, and what would D'Lo have done? He would have drank it. Yep, he would have. But he, he probably would have poured it through yeah. like a coffee filter. Or he would have added a no. yellow jacket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't <laughs> care. <A> yellow jacket. <laughs> he doesn't care if there's stuff in his beer. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, that's our that's our trail tip. That's it. Oh my gosh, folks! It's the part of the show where we end the show. No. It's over. It's snack time. I know. How did it happen? Snack time. I, I guess snack I did time. sleep through about half of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, somebody somebody had to carry the torch for D'Lo. It's true. <laughs> somebody did. We appreciate you stepping up. Hey, to it the was plate. All, it was the I, most I could do was fall asleep. <laughs> hey, thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Salty for helping shine some light on trail nutrition. Check out her blog, videos, and resources available at katiegerber.com. And please come back on the show in the future. Yes. I'd yes. Send her questions so that she has to come back on. <laughs> yes. We will do a Ask a Trail Nutritionist segment. <laughs> we'll come up with a better title. Yeah, okay. we should. <laughs> it's going to be called The Salty Snack. Oh, there we go. The sal- oh, oh, I think that'll work. I like it. Check out Colorado 14ers Initiative at 14ers.org. We'll post a link. You can donate to help make the 14ers great again. Oh. Yep. Oh. Oh. Was, was that not the right slogan? You can edit that out. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> a large thanks to Rand, Snyder, Salsa, and Turbo Snell for the beer donations, uh, which have been put to great use this evening. Rand, those Idaho beers, uh, man, we, we need a dealo here tonight to really help us put a dent, but we're going we're gonna to work on it, my We're going to keep working. Yeah, yeah I'm committed. Yes. <laughs> Muchos gracias to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a trail show koozie and some stickers for a $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. P.S. I didn't read off our donors. Oh. Our monthly donors. Oh. Hold on. I'm stopping the music. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Back it up. Yeah. How we need, how we, did we we need some that? backup music. I, yeah. Beep. Beep. I beep. Oh, yeah, back like, it up. <laughs> Come on now. Well, you just did the music. So we're backed uh, up. P-O-D. So I need to read the donors. Okay. Uh, we've got Bernard Wolf. Gummy. Who recently broke his foot or something? Oh man, his no. knee. Get his better. Knee. Uh, Russ, not fuss, Kinder. Kinder, don't worry about it. Craig Pisco Gully. What a guy. Pisco. Chris Smith. Gringo. He's mad. Bobby Walters. <laughs> the T H E. The. By the way, Bobby Walters is getting ready to organize an Akron brew hike. So, by the yeah, way, we I saw that. Oh, but between the last show and this show, we hung out with Bobby Walters. Oh, that's right. In uh, in Toledo, Ohio, and had beers with her. I appreciate y'all sending me pics because yeah. you know we, cool. we 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 tend to go to Toledo quite often. Yes. I mean, and she delivered some beer for Richard Glasgow, which we're going to talk about on the next show. That's right. Uh, let's see. We've got Joshua bow down to Ja Bowden. Ja Rastafari. Diane Pinkers, Pinkerstein, 
David Vitti. Hey. hey. Justin. Quality. Knowles. Quality. By the way, check out his interview on Cascade Hiker oh, yeah. Podcast. Totes. It's really cool. Totes my goats. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. The Baptist. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Samuel Emery. <laughs> the board. The board. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hi, hey. Rudy. Jeffrey, not Sessions Caldwell. I said it's not Sessions. <laughs> Buddy Sessoms, not Sessions. Buddy, we're going to see Buddy sessions. this weekend. We Two think. days, I think he's yeah, going to come He's on the Colorado us. Trail yeah. right now. Oh. Yeah. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel. Steven the Hustler Russell. Got to get that hustle going. By the way, going back to Pat Dixon, someone just sent us some audio, a video clip yeah. of a mom and two little boys Little hiking, girls. Two little girls hiking. And they are either British They're or... in England. Yeah. And they're singing Back, back on, on the, the Trail. trail. <laughs> you are... Uh, wait. <laughs> yes. How, I'm sorry. How was that not our media review? No I, I offense, know, Boots McFarlane. No offense at all. Yeah. But... I know. Yeah. Uh, Stephen the Hustler Russell. I don't know if I said that yet. Uh, Ammon the Brute Bruce. Hey, Brute. You, send you, some more promos. So you actually did say the Hustler. Okay. So since you said it twice, I think we're going to have to charge his card again. Oh, oh, good point. Yeah. Ah, you just got hustled. Okay, it's just me, I guess. Um, Trevor smoking. If you got it, the bowl man. Oh, loaded up. it up. Renee Shira Patrick. Shira. Wesley the haggis addict Greenwood. I need it. I need my haggis. Give me. I need the haggis. Kevin Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codet. Hey, y'all. What Te- up? Tebow Williams. Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Tommy the Meat Popsicle <laughs> Stevens. Wow. It, it, his trail name really is Meat Popsicle. I know, and you say it every month. Yeah. It's not like that guy who wrote the iTunes review named, um, <laughs> I forget what that is. Gerthy Johnson. Gerthy Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. It's for real. And we have... Eric Moots is our one-off this month. And Eric Moots, oh. uh, it, for those of you who, who follow us on the social media, and maybe I posted it, so it probably only ended up on Instagram. Um, Eric Moots uh, made a very generous donation to the trail show in honor of his girlfriend who's hiking the Colorado Trail this year and oh, yeah. sent us a really cool photo of her on top of Mount Massive, which we posted. So mm. yeah. happy birthday, first gear. From Eric Moots, hashtag Dear Casey. Hashtag Yeah, it's so cool that she went up to Mount Massive, which I think is not right on the trail. No, I think she's doing several 14ers. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Take take your time. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a number that are tackable that are like not that far off. And then you're right there. And then we've got our beer sponsor, Salsa, which is at Stories Told on Film and Turbo Snail, as well as Rand Snyder who most certainly spent half of his summer earnings on the beer for tonight. And <laughs> probably half of his summer packing them. They were th- <laughs> that <laughs> well Okay, back to finishing off the show. Okay, where were we? You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trailshow, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on the Stitcher app, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iTunes, and anywhere you get fine podcasts. I hear in Cuba you can buy cassette tapes with the podcast on You them. can. Oh. No, no one, nadie escucha la trailshow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in Cuba. It's not Me allowed. Cuba. It's Me been banned. Cuba. Another trail show is coming, gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, 
Special 41, Triple O and Salty. I'm Disco. Ciao. And thank you Bye-bye. to Virgil, the American Bye-bye. High. Bye-bye now. And Wolverine. And the Onion. And the Onion. And the Onion. You can find Wolverine at Wolverine at oh. moosejaw.com. <laughs> no, we'll post a link to Wolverine's yeah. blog. That's right. And thanks to Biggie yeah. Yeah. for letting us invade his house. That's right. For multiple nights. Take over his face, crazy people. For multiple nights and stink up his guest room. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good's fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. I think that's a show. All right. All right. All right. Let's okay. do it. Get the hell out of here. Cut it. Okay, bye. Cut it. It's not that difficult. You put the damn thing out after you're done. Back on the trail. I mean, I just walked by. I don't know how long it took it to grow there. (laughs) Oh, no. What? My phone totally just died. Oh, man. (laughs) And that's it for Trail News, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We'll be back next month.